you just won the X Wing World Champion. What are you going to do? Apparently, I'm going to Disney World. Yes! Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. I'm your host, as always, Steve Sesnick, and I am joined to my right by the Reverend Joe Laporta. What's up, man? Man, living the dream, sir. Living the dream. Also with us, as usual, is Carlos Ramirez. How's it going, dude? Oh, dude, uh, last week was so amazing. Let's just do it again, please. Yeah, let's do it again I, in like yeah, a month so- after I've recovered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because it was brutal. Um, and then uh, also joining us today, special guest, Dominic DiCarlo from the Tampa area. What's going on, Dom? Not much. Just hanging out on my birthday. Hanging out on his birthday. On his birthday, he's joined us on the podcast. What a, what a champ. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dom. Happy birthday, Dom. Happy birthday to you. Again, next time, it's my birthday. Okay, cool. Well, ne- yeah, hopefully, I guess it'll be right the after the World's next year. Only falls out Tuesday. We really only record on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> It's in my contract. Yeah, it's in the, it's in the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, we are uh, fresh off of Worlds, and there's all sorts of stuff to talk about. It was a big, crazy trip. And, um, you know, Joe, or Carlos and I and Dominic all went. We all uh, shared a room together. Uh, we also had Travis and um, Marcus Morton was there and, uh, and Gilbert. Um, who was uh, his last name? I can't remember at the moment, but he was there as well, and um, in the all in the room with us. So we had six Florida men sharing a room in Minnesota, and it was it was it was cozy. <laughs> very cozy, very cozy. I wore I brought my sexy underwear to make sure. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to be uh, nice and close. Yeah, yeah, right. So. Um, How was the weather up there? Is it actually cold this time? Of it year? it was cold at times. Like it, at night, it would get cold. I mean, it, it was in the probably sixties most most days. Did it snow? Did not snow while we were there. No, wow. it did rain a couple times, but kind of like snow. Yeah, but wetter. Mm. Well, it was yeah. amazing in comparison to Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was so good. It was it was pretty nice out for the most part. So it was it was a little it would get a little chilly at times, but. It wasn't bad. That's why you got all those guys there to snuggle with. Yeah, it was plenty of plenty yeah, of just friends heat. spooning. Yeah, yeah, and and I've noticed that Minnesota has the same issue that Florida does, but in reverse, where you have to like bring extra layers to go indoors in Florida, and then like soon as you go indoors in Minnesota, it's so damn hot, you just have to like take everything. You're taking everything off, so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's like the Carl's same. Carl's like stripping down in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you get you go into some some buildings and it was just like like you have, you're all bundled up. You got your sweater on and stuff. And you get in there, and it's just like man, it's hot as fucking here. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's they kind of have the reverse problem of Florida with that with that issue. But good times. All right, so what are we all drinking, Joe? What do you got over there? Here's the thing. I'm drinking a fantastic beer, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually going to give a shout out to the beer I have at home that I'm okay. going to drink when I get home. Okay. Because Shiner has a uh, an Oktoberfest out right now. Yeah. That is called Best with the Worst, mm-hmm. uh, spelled like a bratwurst would be. Okay. But like, I feel like, I feel like you guys are the best podcast you could be with also me here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to give a shout out to you guys with that. Okay. That was one of several names I was going to. Uh, I don't know. We didn't say this yet, but everybody else went to uh, Minnesota, and I stayed home. Yeah. So I was gonna have to do the podcast by myself. So I had all kinds of titles for the uh, the episode. Yeah. So you'll hear several of them tonight, but one of them was gonna be called "Best with the Worst" because that was the beer I was drinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like it. So uh, I have the emergency drinking beer uh, from Wild Haven Beer in Avondale, Avondale Estates, Georgia. Uh, it's quite good. I, I, I do like the emergency drinking beer. Emergency drinking beer. Is, yeah. It plays. Yeah, it plays. It has lemongrass, I believe, doesn't it? It does have lemongrass in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's tasty. So, Carlos, what do you got? So, I went a little international today, and this is in honor of our new world champion. I uh, got a Coniston Brewing Co. Bluebird Bitter. So, it's an English ale, award-winning English ale. Award-winning. So, it does say that on the bottle, so okay. I need to make sure I say that. I mean, so Just like PBR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite beer also won an award. <laughs> 150 years ago. Now, are you drinking it warm, Carlos? Are you doing it British style? Oh, no. I, so it says it on here. Um, hold on one sec. Best served at 58 degrees Fahrenheit in a straight pint glass at the Black Bull in Coniston, Cumbria. I feel like it got ripped off because it wouldn't be Fahrenheit if it was British, would it? No, no, they they do English units because you know they're England. They 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 use the imperial units over there. Yes, because they are the British Empire. Hey, you used some imperial units this weekend, didn't you? I did. I was I I, I was I played the Imperials. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Dom, what you drinking, brother? <laughs> I am having an Anchor Steam beer from San Francisco. Anchor is good. I like Anchor. Very good. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, that's uh, your, your your home area where you're originally from, correct? Yes. This was uh, a tribute to the my late great state of California, and also I think someone mentioned it this weekend, so I thought, ah, oh, I haven't had Anchor in a while. That'd be good. There you go. So, wait. So, you, you're originally from San Francisco, now you live in Tampa? Well, I'm originally from uh, Northern California in the okay. valley, a little town called Davis, but yeah, close enough. I was going to joke that you went from one West Coast uh, Bay to a completely different West Coast Bay. Yeah. Yes, that's what I tell people. From the West, West Coast, Coast to the West Coast, the, the, the Bay Area to the Bay Area. You went Pretty east yep. to go to go still west. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. So, all right. So, I I, I just want to give take take some time to talk about the world's experience in general because this is my first time. Um, I think Dominic, this is your first time, right? Yep. And then Carlos, this was your second time. That's correct. So, but it felt like the first time. Yeah, yeah. So, well, because you went what if back in like <laughs> I got like a virgin stuck in there. <laughs> no, I got like, <laughs> like a virgin. Um, Playing X before the very first. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, uh, so you do have something to compare it with at least because, and I, and this is the first year. It's, they did it much differently this year, you know, doing it in the Roy Wilkins Auditorium instead of the FFG Game Center. So it was in downtown St. Paul as opposed to out at FFG. It was also, you know, ob- obviously the invite system and the LCQ system, which is different, I think, um, you know, obviously any, than any other system. Normally it was just the, the click off to, to get to get a ticket. So uh, let's let's actually start with that comparison. Well, how did you feel about since you're the only one who's been to the here, at least it's been to the both. What did you think about the difference between the new system and, and the Roy Wilkins Auditorium and the venue and everything compared to the old system and the old venue? Well, I mean, just starting with the fact that, uh, you know, how packed the venue was uh, this time around. Um, and it was only two games. Uh, so you know, we just had X, yeah. we just had Destiny. Last time uh, that I went to Worlds, I think they were still running all the games uh, on Worlds yes. weekend. Yeah. Um, so you can only imagine... 
what it could be like now, uh, even if it's just X-Wing, uh, but even X-Wing and Destiny, I just don't think they have the room no. um, to, to house both games at this stage. So I feel like it was obviously a necessary move yeah. uh, for them to do so. Um, there and, and that's not taking anything away from their venue. Um, it, you, if you're ever in Minnesota for some odd reason, other than the worlds, um, <laughs> everyone from Minnesota just like turned off. They're like, no, by the way, just uh, just real quick, St. Paul, beautiful city, it was yeah. so clean and just it, a lot of historic buildings. Uh, it was very, very nice, uh, being there. Uh, but overall, just the um. The, the, the facility is gigantic, the, the actual FFG center. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking, I honestly can't give you numbers of what it was like before, but obviously you wouldn't have been able to fit um, this uh, this crowd in there. Yeah. Uh, but the center is really great. I, I wish we could have at least went by maybe at least once uh, during a trip there. Um, I had seen it, so obviously... I wasn't like you know dying to go, but uh, it would have been. I definitely would recommend it. Anybody that does go to Worlds, if they do end up going to this um, event at this venue or another venue in the future, uh, definitely go check out the FMG Center. It's, it's very very nice. Yeah. Did you guys get to do that while you were there? Did no. You guys, like, I, I did kind of sketch want, on over. I, I wanted to, but uh, it just I, that never never happened. Ask them if they have my Tannhauser deck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I go to hey, do you have the Tannhauser deck here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard it exists. I heard you guys made it a long time ago. Um, also, no, it's actually not called the Roy Wilkins uh, Auditorium. It is actually called, the official title is the legendary Roy Wilkins uh, Auditorium. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because I think there was, a, like, there was like a weird, there was a sign in the hallway that like explained the legend of Roy Wilkins or something. I didn't stop to actually read all of it, but. Oh, he was a very notable uh, civil rights leader. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, there you go. Roy Wilkins. He was apparently an activist who was determined to earn rights for blacks using all legal means of protest while preaching peaceful actions. Okay. He was born in St. Louis, Missouri, but St. Paul, Minnesota has the honor of claiming Wilkins as his own. Ah, there you go. The history. The history lessons. You see you see what you have time to do when you're, like, uh, sitting at home not going to play x <laughs> You learn all kinds of valuable things. All kinds of valuable lessons. Yes. All sorts of important information. Yeah. So uh, the building itself was also attached to the Excel Energy Center, I think it was called, which was the the hockey arena for the hurricane for the um, uh, Minnesota Wild. Um, and they had a uh, country concert on one of the days that we were there. Yeah, and the only reason I know that is because um, there was just flannel everywhere um, after the event. Yes. Yeah. Wait, in the Midwest, right next door, flannel. Apparently, yes. I guess. Really? I don't know. That's what we they're going to a country, con- uh, con- country concert there. Like, you sure you're not here to see, like, Pearl Jam or <laughs> the Foo Fighters? I don't know. Maybe. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so there was all kinds of stuff going on over there throughout the weekend. Uh, there was a, The Minnesota Wild played a game there on Sunday that uh, I think some people went to. Um, some of the, like, some of the X-Wing players. Who weren't playing on Sunday went went over there um, and watched the game. So yeah, so there's also all kinds of cool stuff um, going on down there. So what? Uh, so I know I, me and you, Carlos, both got there on Tuesday, right? Because um, yeah, I was, I was playing in the LCQ, and you were had originally planned to play in the LCQ, but you ended up winning a ticket. And but you thanks, of, Travis. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Don't, don't <laughs> think Travis. <laughs> and then Dom, you got there. What you got there Thursday or Thursday, right? 
Yeah, late Thursday night. My yeah. flight got in at nine or something. Yeah. So, um, so Carlos and I were there for a long time. Did Carlos fly together? <laughs> no, no, he flew out of Orlando and I flew out of Jacksonville, and I got there a lot earlier. You you didn't get there to like after midnight or something, right, Carlos? Yeah, it's pretty late flight. Um, yeah, that's but, an Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, when I was you know gonna be on quote unquote vacation for a whole week, uh, I definitely slept in later <laughs> uh, that Wednesday morning than I would have at home. So yeah. with a well, toddler yeah. and everything, so yeah, that and you didn't have to do the LCQ, so you could you could kind of. Did you guys yeah. do something else instead? What something instead else? of the LCQ? Were there like pods going on? Or anything? Oh yeah, there was pods and stuff going on. Did you play pods on on Wednesday, Carlos? I did. So, yeah. So I was waiting for my bag to get there because it did not make it on my flight. Um, and then I had my X-Wing stuff. So I was a little, little concerned, but it did get there. Um, Wait, you checked the, your X-Wing stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, 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 Why? I no, 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 no. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> exactly. On. I should have carried it on. Professional. I should have known better. Um, yeah. But in any case. more than arm's length from your X-Wing squad. Yeah, it's always in my backpack. <laughs> I keep mine in my back pocket. <laughs> 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 um, but next Max Wing koozie. It did get there, uh, so I went, um, I picked it up, and started doing some pods around the afternoon. So I didn't really start in the morning, um, but uh, um, yeah, those are fun, quick, easy. Um, obviously, just the, the whole pod experience was kind of weird. I know that people enjoyed the Aces High. I didn't really get to do those, um, mm-hmm. but the. Uh, pods were obviously you have to play like uh, you know eight people play three rounds and uh, let's just say you know seventy five minute rounds of X wing right uh, their their pods are finishing in two hours yeah less in the first yeah, day people were uh, people were speed speed playing yeah <laughs> so whatever that means um, so the pod experience was uh, mostly for me uh, just kind of get the rust off a little bit I haven't been playing X wing um a lot lately so i you know just kind of wanted to put ships on the table do some maneuvers and figure out how things were going to go i went like one i think i played six games one and five uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the the, uh pods so i i was a little nervous but at the same time uh, like i said it was this quick weird short rounds people weren't really playing um i was and i still lost but um it was still uh, kind of an interesting experience for sure. Uh, but yeah, that was my day on, on Wednesday. What yeah. was the Aces High? What is that? I mean, I know what it is, but obviously I'm quizzing you. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I said. I didn't do it. I didn't get to do it. The Aces but I heard High, it was fun. The Aces High was a... How I don't do you know the, you weren't doing it. I don't know the exact format, but it was basically everybody got one ship up that you could build up to 80 points. And you put these little hyperspace markers onto the playing field, and if you got if you're when you got killed, you came back via one of those hyperspace markers into the battle, and then there was a point system. So like if you the first blood, you got one point for first blood. So if you put the first damage on a ship, you got a point for that, and then you got some points for killing ships and blah blah blah. And then so then after a certain amount of uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly how they decided if it was just a time limit or how they stopped the games, but anyways, that was basically how they worked. I heard they were a lot of fun. Travis played some. Um, that sounds like. Uh, did we talk about doing like the Hunger Games ones on here before? Yeah, it's kind yes. of similar to that sounds idea. Similar. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of similar to that idea, but it was it's kind of a 
they actually have like it's actually kind of a more formalized format that FFG has put together. They even like those hyperspace tokens come in the core set, I think. Really? Yeah. So it's uh, it's a little bit more of a thing. Um, but anyways, that was a, from what I heard. That was super fun. I, I didn't get to play. I didn't uh, play in any of those, but I heard it was a, they were a lot of fun. So um, yeah, as for me, you know, I got in Tuesday afternoon. Um, and just kind of i was the first one there so i just kind of you know moseyed my way down to st paul from the i took the train over as a, uh, like which is took a lot longer than taking an uber but it was only two dollars so <laughs> so it was and i didn't have to be anywhere anytime soon so did they have scooters they did have scooters although the one time i tried to use them they none of them were working so <laughs> carlos uh, oh yeah the other time i tried to use one carlos took the only one and, and ran off with it <laughs> I did. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so Scooter Gang was alive and well uh, yeah. for Worlds. Uh, unfortunately, we did suffer an injury early. Um, <laughs> I completely ate shit on the very first day at Worlds. That was when I was actually headed back. Or on the scooter? <laughs> on a scooter. Uh, uh, I was headed back. That, that was when I was headed back to get my bag, actually, because I had ride in my hotel. I was like, I'm going to go oh, get yeah. my, my bag. And I literally just uh there was a like a little dip and i tried to avoid it and i lost control and i jumped off of a 15 mile per hour scooter and my body didn't know how to run at 50 miles per hour while being fully still uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was uh it was fun uh to say the least but in fairness this wasn't as bad as the drunk woman you saw right oh my oh, god yeah. i didn't see it what was that uh there's, I think Travis, I think Travis was the one who saw that. Uh, I, I was, I, yeah, that was, yeah. So like, uh, apparently some, um, Travis was walking towards the, uh, I think it was Travis and Marcus were walking towards the bar. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that sounds like something Thursday they night. I don't know. Whatever night it was, but, um, they were, they were walking down seventh street and this, uh, like very intoxicated woman was attempting to use a scooter and just completely ate shit like face first into the concrete like probably heavily concussed <laughs> everybody's like like huddling around her like she was yeah she she ate it pretty hard apparently see i but, can see how it could be hard to drive the scooter though because don't they have unlike here in florida don't they have topography uh in yeah there? they have the, things like hills and such they have hills and things well so does atlanta but the one thing i'll say is that this i think the, the streets a lot of the streets were a little bumpier like I like they didn't seem like great scootering sidewalks and and such. <laughs> I don't know that every city was designed with scootering they, in mind. I don't think they were. No. Mm. So the cracks that like just me walking around looking at it was it it, it seemed didn't always seem terribly advantageous for the scooter. Well, you're so you're not supposed to ride them on a the sidewalk. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but everybody does because yeah, they because also don't want to get hit by cars. Yeah, the alternative <laughs> is dying because yeah. a car ran you over. Mm-hmm. So anyhow. Um, so yeah, so Tuesday I got there and I kind of hung out and, um, uh, Josh, uh, our, our friend, Josh is Baron, uh, Sunter Fidel was, uh, was already from Carolina was already there and he had honorary an Florida man. Uh, yeah. Honorary Florida, honorary that's Florida true. man. That's true. That's true. And so he had an Airbnb with his friend, uh, Preston. Uh, so I went over there and, and met up with them and hung out with them, um, on Tuesday night and, uh, played, played some, we played a kind of a little bit of a round Robin practice game session on the kitchen table um actually it was the coffee table but it, it was funny because it was like a foot short so we were just kind of like man i miss all the good shit we were just like goof measuring and making you know just kind of making it work but uh uh yeah so it was a 
that was a, that was a fun night, just kind of hanging out, playing a couple practice games before the LCQ on Wednesday, and then I went back to the room at Carlos and. You know, had to go to bed and get ready to uh, to play in the morning because I was the one I was the only one playing in the morning. So, <laughs> dude, Amish style, you did. Like, no, well, Josh, Josh, and Preston. Well, were Josh also and Preston playing, right? were. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about people in our room. Yeah. So, um, well, it was just you and me that one. Yeah, that first yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, so what uh, you're saying is, Carlos, Steve had to play in, and you did not. That's what you're. That's what you're getting at. Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Again, thanks, Travis. Yes. So. uh so yeah, so I played in uh, played in the LCQ and um, it was uh, so it was six rounds and the top 128 ended up getting in. So I think they had 230 ish players overall in the LCQ. I think and, it was almost double that, right? Uh, hold on, let me. I have the full standings here. What do you mean? In the LCQ? Oh no, it was at 200 ish players. It was right about 230. For the LCQ yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, 128 made made it into Worlds. Yes. So yes. basically, the top half um, yeah. was 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 what got in. Um, I ended up five and one on the day, so played played really well. I was playing Vader with um, uh, Hate and Afterburners and Passive Sensors and Suter with Predator and Redline with a Proton Torpedo. Um, it was a good list. I actually actually felt really comfortable with it, mostly because I, I mean I've played a lot of Vader and Suter, and so just kind of throwing Redline into the mix wasn't wasn't difficult for me. So um, I felt pretty comfortable with the list. I, I, I played it really well that day, and um, you know went five and one, so I made it in in through to Worlds. Um, I do want to give a shout out here at this point to uh, to Arnar from uh, Iceland. He was my round one opponent. And um, he's a listener of the show, and he was a great dude, and we had a great game, and uh, we hung out all uh, all weekend. I hung out with him and the, and and the guys from Iceland, Gizli, and uh, and and if I mispronounce any of their names, I'm very sorry, but it's it's tough. Um, uh, Gizli and uh, Agil and Arnar, and um, there was I can't, uh, again the pronunciations are tough, so I'm not gonna try to I'm not gonna try to butcher them. But um, <laughs> great group of guys, for yeah, sure. totally fantastic group blast. of guys, and um, had a great time hanging out with them. Now, is that the group of guys that have been teaching the Icelandic president how to play X-wing? Yes, that's correct. That is correct. Can somebody tell the story better than me? Um, possibly. So, uh, so apparently, the uh, the president of Iceland had heard about. Um, had heard about these guys in their podcast because they, they these are guys that do the Thule Squadron Radio, which is the okay. po- the podcast out of Iceland. So they um, the president of the country apparently had heard about them and and their interest in hobby and 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 that the fact that they were going to go into worlds and 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 you know pretty competitive at this game, and so they've been teaching the president of Iceland how to play uh, X Wing, and uh, he also sent them like a good luck uh, text message during worlds. So they got a good luck message from the president of Iceland during <laughs> during Worlds, which is which is pretty rad. <laughs> they also made it to uh, so there were or there was a full article about them on mm-hmm. their newspaper in Iceland. Yeah, and Carlos is now Iceland famous. I am now Iceland famous because <laughs> I took the picture. Uh, yeah. So as you do with newspapers, you got to give photo credit. Yeah. So now my name was plastered right there on the front page of an Icelandic newspaper. Yep. articles so i was uh pretty happy about that yeah so it was awesome those guys were were great and uh had a great time hanging out with them so um 
so yeah so so yeah the lcq went great and then uh and then i ended up uh coming in 24th overall so um the way they split people was that the if you were an odd number you played on day 1a if you were an even number you played on day 1b so i got 1b and played on and had to play on friday um so that put uh what was it um you carlos and who all played marcus on and gill marcus and gill okay so you marcus and gill playing on thursday and then me Josh, travis um i feel like josh played on friday as well I think. I thought you guys were giving me updates. I think Carlos and Josh were playing the same day. Okay, maybe Josh was Thursday. I played okay. on Friday. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So me, Travis, and Dom played on Friday, and uh, Josh didn't Marcus, play. Josh didn't play the same day as I did because he was videotaping me uh, shaking my dice. Yeah. <laughs> ah yes. Yeah, that's right. Legendary. So, uh, so anyways, that was uh, that, and then we went. I think. So we ended up out at like that Tom Reed's place like almost every night um, because apparently like, you know, we we're playing six, seven rounds of X-Wing. You basically don't get out of there till like 11. And the only place that was that the only place that was still serving food on like that 7th Street area, like between the, uh, the auditorium and our hotel was this Tom Reed's place that had food till midnight. So we ended up there almost every night just because just that out of default, just trying to get something to eat. <laughs> but it ended up kind of becoming like the hangout for a lot of the X-Wing people. They're like most most of the X-Wing people ended up there probably for pretty much the same reason. But um, but yeah, we saw the Brit the the British guys there and uh, the Iceland the Icelandic guys there and um, the OCX guys and uh, the Minox or Fly Better whatever you want to call them now um, and uh, hope, you know whatever the uh, a whole bunch of just people were ended up at that bar throughout the week but. Um, this is basically an X-wing watering hole. It was like the yeah. cantina oh, yeah. of the X-wing world. It, it was, was. Yeah. It was to the point where the bartender, like, I, I came up and we got we got pretty busy after the. I think it was a, either the LCQ or something, but um, I was trying to order. And after it died down a little bit, she was just like, um, "Is this going to happen every night?" And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, probably until Saturday night." Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> like, you like went in there and he's like. You had to get out. Like what? You're nerds. I'll have to wait outside. We're not certain the kind Didn't you like become friends with the bar with the uh, security guy or something, Carlos? I did. Yeah, yeah. it was me, Marcus. Uh, uh, like basically stayed up and chatting him up uh, for a long time. Main thing was is that he was he apparently he was a he was a bouncer. Like this was a bar with a bouncer apparently. Yeah. Um, and he ended up having to do like food running and shit like that on that night because oh, it was yeah. so busy oh because they got this rush um, at like 11 45 like, right. they closed their kitchen at midnight and then like 11 45 like 40 or 50 x-wing players come in there looking for food yeah <laughs> and so just, he like, i'm sure they were real stoked to see oh it. i'm sure they yeah. were yeah but he was uh, in the kitchen was like Fuck these guys. <laughs> right. So I've, I've, I've worked in the restaurant industry, so I know how that is. Uh, so, you know, my thing, I was, I was, I was giving shit uh, to a couple of different people because I was just like, you know, like, oh, what was, I, I think it was the bartender. I, I kept giving you crap, Steve, because I was, I was, you know, I've been, been drinking a little bit. I was, I was having a good time. So I was like, oh man, I can't remember what her name is after I had just asked her what her name was. Yeah. 
And he's just like, whatever, man. It's like, it's fine. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. They're people, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, my favorite thing, obviously, you know, through my time of being in the service industry was, like, when people actually treated like a person and not, like, go get me my food or drink, you know, it's weird, just... Right? Uh, all of a sudden, they become a lot nicer, and, and they also treat you with respect and don't spit in your food. Um, so, uh, I um, I try to basically just kind of make friends every time I go to one of those facilities, especially if I'm going to be there for the whole week, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, For the record, we here at the Florida Man Plays X-Wing podcast do not endorse tampering with people's food in any no. way, shape, or form. <laughs> Mm-mm. Doesn't matter no, what sorry. kind of party it is. You do not dip your balls in mashed potatoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So then, um, so then Thursday, uh, you know, so I get in, I get in for the LCQ. I don't play till Friday. So Thursday, uh, obviously, you know, we had uh, Carlos and Marcus and Gil playing, and then I played pods, and that was Thursday. Thursday afternoon and evening was when Travis and and Dom got there. So. Um, so I, I played. Po- I actually ended up playing pods with um, Steve Ford from Barons, uh, Tim Horsbro from Australia, and then like five of the Icelandic guys. So <laughs> we just uh, we were just having a good time. Just we, I think we played like I ended up doing three pods together. Each so, pod is what three games. Each pod is three games. Yeah, yeah. So. Basically, you play the pod. I think each player got four tickets for participating, and then you got, you know, tickets for winning. W- yeah, so a ticket for every win or something like that. So, um, but anyways, it was uh, it was a good time. We were just chilling, and, and they had some uh, they had some really good Icelandic liquor that I, I have no idea what it was made from or what it was supposed to be. They're just like, here's here's the liquer. I'm like, okay, we call so, it Erlerlik, and you're like, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't know what it was or what it was supposed to be, but they just kept giving it to me and I kept drinking it, so it was good. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good times. So but you had to go to work the next day. I did have to go to work the next day. I did stop drinking af- I did stop drinking after that. I didn't I didn't drink anymore. It's like after I had all that Icelandic liquor, I stopped drinking. Yeah, I stopped that, being you know, that, that was earlier. It wasn't. <laughs> like I, I stopped being awake and that made yeah. me stop drinking. It wasn't that much. You know, I kept it light and I spread it throughout the day. It was, this was Thursday? Yeah. Did you have a beverage waiting for Travis and Dom when they got there? I no. feel like that would have been the brotherly thing to do. Yeah, I guess so. But I was I was playing pods and stuff. Ah, you're flying solo. I was, solo, I right? was doing things. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to, I was trying to, I needed to get my tickets so I could get my Plo Koon templates before they sold out. Like Han Solo, you're only in it for yourself. Uh, no. I mean, I organized the room and all the other stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I did stuff for people. Uh, <laughs> Dom, if I'd have been there, I'd have had a beer waiting for you while I walked in. I miss you, Joe. I usually tend to strap beer to myself when yeah. we travel. Yeah. I do own a beer bandolier, and I'm not ashamed to put several beers in my pockets, no matter how awkward it is for this, everyone else. This is I true. D- I did think at several moments during the weekend that it was too bad you weren't there, especially when the Canadians had a ton of booze, and I was oh, like, yeah. man, we are just falling down on the job. Florida man is not the same without Joe here. Well, yeah. Travis was like, well, we couldn't stop anywhere on the way, so it wasn't really like a BYOB situation. I was like, it wasn't like a jiffy within like a few blocks. Like, I mean, there was a gas station about a block away. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we could have acquired. Actually, that's a good question. Can you buy beer in a gas station in Minnesota? I actually don't know. In I didn't several look. northern states, you cannot. 
Yeah, I, I know not. for a fact that in Indy, I don't think you can. I don't. You know what? In Boston, you can't. You may. You couldn't. You know, Massachusetts, you have to go to the state. Philly, you have to go to the state store. Yeah, same thing in. Um, same thing in New Hampshire. There's the state-run liquor store also. I don't know. I'm not sure what the rules are up there. I just I, I didn't attempt to buy. We did fail at that anywhere. big time because yeah. we had a little mini kitchen in our hotel room. We did, yeah. So we, we, had, a we had plenty of fridge too. space. We didn't capitalize on, you know, for all the you know complaining about how expensive everything was. I don't understand why we didn't just take the time to just go run to one place, buy a bunch of beer and food, and then yeah. stock up our fridge. Well, I mean, I I wasn't. I didn't have a problem with the food so much. It was like the beer was in the at the venue was like eight dollars a beer. Ten dollars. Was it at least a big beer? Uh, it, it was, was a sixteen it was ounce. A, it was a tall sixteen ounce, yeah, tall boy or whatever. But it was eight dollars for like a Miller Lite, um, which was a little rough. So I didn't drink. You know, part of it too is like I didn't want to carry the stuff there. I mean, I don't know. I was like. And we apparently didn't hang. I mean, you hung out with the right people drinking Icelandic shots. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to. Carlos, did you drink something <laughs> terrible? No. Why? Oh, I don't know. You, you're sounding like you were segueing into a story about how you like got stuck with the X-wing people that drink like. What's that stuff you like, Michelob? No, I just I I kept I kept buying the beer, um, which was expensive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Until the very last day, where somebody told me stop buying the beer, and then they opened up a duffel bag full of liquor bottles. Yeah. Um, so was that, that Travis? Was, no, he's had, just, had a duffel bag for years. Yeah, it was the guys. It was the guys from Canada. Um, yeah. One, one which, uh, a duffel bag full. Did of, they like, even little, have labats? I love labats. I, I didn't see any labats, but they had a duffel bag full of like little uh, mini bar Crown Royals and vodkas. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I was really upset I didn't find him earlier than Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was all all fantastic and whatnot. And uh, so, what else did we do? We went out to, like I said, we spent a lot of time at Tom Reed's. That that was kind of the place. Um, actually, I guess probably the biggest night was the biggest night was Saturday night after after the World Championship, right? Yeah. Um, so everybody at that point was pretty much done. Nobody had anything left to really worry. I mean, there was the 2020 qualifier the next day, but I don't think anybody was intentionally trying to be and uh, not hung over for that. So just, a, just <laughs> real quick uh, to backtrack a little bit. So that was uh, Thursday. Yeah. So Thursday was the first uh, day, uh, first qualifier, day 1A. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, that was the night we went to LC. Uh, was it the. Um, Tom Breeze after celebrating. Uh, just a quick shout out to uh, Ryan Stanisowski. Yes. Started 0-2, finished 5-2 and and qualified for day two. So yeah. he went on a run there. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And there were some other guys there too that uh that Is that played. Ryan from OCX? Yes. That did you guys correct. moonlight on OCX? We did. They, they oh hit us God. up like last minute, uh, last uh, or the week before World or yeah, the, whatever it was before Worlds, and uh, they were like, "You want to come on? We need we need some talk. We want to talk about Worlds or whatever." I'm like, "All right." So we uh, yeah, so me and Carlos ended up on on their on their show the other week, but uh, I don't I still don't know whether or not I regret it. <laughs> you were super <laughs> shit faced. Um, you and because well, you you did like shots of vodka. <laughs> I was like, um, and then Coach like dropped out of the thing like. It was something, like he just like dropped and the funny thing is apparently like he was logged in as like the admin for the live stream so he was the only one who could actually stop the live stream but he just disconnected 
So the live stream was just running, and eventually, like, me and Ryan and Sarah, who were the only ones left, were just like, all right, well, we're leaving now. We'll see you later. We have no idea when this live stream is actually going to stop itself. <laughs> okay, I guess we'll turn the lights off on the way out. We're closing this place down. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was... That. We don't have the keys, but we're closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was good times. Um... So what else did we do? What happened Friday? What did we do? Well, obviously we had the LC. You know, I played on Friday or me. And so, yeah, so that was day one B. Um, I did some more pods on Friday. So obviously you guys were doing that. I was trying to get the exact amount of tickets I needed to get the pot templates. Yeah, and everybody the was trying to get those pot templates. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I grabbed them. So yeah, uh, on that Friday. Uh, they actually ran out of templates and yeah. um, they started taking vouchers uh, because uh, obviously the demand was high. So uh, yeah. they ran out. I'm, I'm glad that I got a set there, um, you know, a few, uh, couple couple hours before that. Uh, and then I took it easy, just kind of watched X-Wing for the rest of the day and went back very early uh, so I could make sure to stay out of trouble um, and get some sleep for uh, for the next day for Friday, uh, Saturday. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah. So Friday night. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. You. Yeah. You went back to bed pretty early Friday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you had Saturday to worry about. I was. Uh, you know. I, we went. We ended up. We we did go to Tom Reed's for a little bit. Um, and I like how these stories aren't like, well, we decided not to go to He's like, no, no, we just went to Tom Reed's <laughs> yeah. for a smaller amount of time. Yeah, yeah. There, there was like, <laughs> when, when we had to play the next day, like, like Dom, Dom came to Tom Reed's Friday night, and, but we, we tried to not keep him out late. So I think we had, what we, we, did we keep you on a one beer limit that night? I don't remember. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Remember, it only counts as one if you just let it go down halfway, then refill it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's still it's just still one, just the no matter one. how many times you do it. Yeah. I definitely had more than one beer, but yes, it was a slightly <laughs> smaller amount. Yeah. I was day I was day drinking on Friday, so that's why I put yeah, myself you, in bed because well, I was like, you were like pretty fucked up by like nine thirty, and I was like, <laughs> and I, 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 you were wandering around the hall, and I was like, Carlos, you need to go to bed. I, like, <laughs> I sent him to his room. I was like, he was. <laughs> go to your room, young like, man. Carlos, go to your room. Go to sleep. You got to play the record, in the morning. Steve has never made me go back to my room. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, Joe, Joe will be fine. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, Joe, you're a professional. I, I, <laughs> so. I've had I've been returned to my room by security, yes. and Steve turned me away. I've never turned you. <laughs> I, would, I, I didn't turn you away. That is not true. Not even remotely true. I don't think I was in your room that year. That happened. I don't think I. I don't think I got brought back to my room. I no, got yeah. brought back to the other you room. You got brought to yeah. You yeah, because I was thrown out of the Marriott. Yeah. So they had to take me upstairs to the Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was apparently not staying in the Marriott. No. Yeah. No. You were. We were in the Hilton. I think. I don't know. I don't is know. This is another Dragon Con. Experience? This is a Dragon Con reference. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a good time. Yeah. Joe. The security found Joe. Which were you in the women's bathroom? <laughs> Now, okay, in my defense, two things in my defense. A, that on that floor, the men's room is under construction. Uh, okay. And B, this past year, that very same one that I got thrown out of, uh-huh. it was a unisex bathroom this year. Oh, well, there you go. They, they make it oh, gender So progressive. Yeah. Well, it was really weird. I'm not going to lie to you. They kept like, finding drunk guys in there. Well, no, because like, I went in there this year and there's a sign saying it's like a gender neutral bathroom. I was like, I'm not entirely sure what that means. Uh-huh. But like another dude walked in at the same time and he went up to a urine and I was like, I guess... I guess you could still use the urinal, I guess. So I went yeah. to the urinal and some lady came out of one of the stalls. I was like, I don't know whether I'm 
in the wrong here. Like, am I the asshole? <laughs> no, no, it's gender neutral. It's me. It's for whoever. I, I guess, but the, I, I it, feel like you're supposed to still go use the stall. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to use the urinal, even if it's labeled gender neutral. Well, I mean, if it's there. But I don't think it's gender neutral all the time. I think it was just for this event. Okay. I don't I don't think it was structurally designed for this use. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. either. So how late were you guys playing X-Wing until these days? Uh, it, like I said, it pretty much went to about 11. Every, 11 p.m. Yeah. At night. Yeah, the, LCQ, the LCQ Oof. was one round less than day 1A and day 1B, but they had like weird, they had big problems getting the pairings for the first round set. So he started like almost an hour later. Did they use Best Coast? Uh, no, no, they, no, they were using they can't use that shit. Yeah, yeah, they were using can't use that shit. Banned, blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It definitely um, is, isn't it? Uh, I don't know that it's officially. It's not officially banned. I mean, any store can choose to use it if they want to. It's uh, okay. just FFG is not FFG, letting anybody use it for their their official big events. That, that, that's what I was gonna say. For all major yeah. events, it's not being used. Yeah, they're using Cryodex so now. So it was seven rounds for the last chance qualifier, and it was eight rounds for actual No, no, no it was six rounds for no, the no, six six rounds and then seven for day one A and B. Okay, okay, actual, that's a little more reasonable, yeah, yeah. I guess. So, um, so yeah, so anyways, that, that was kind of like the routine, the pattern that we kind of fell into. Um, so then Saturday, uh, we get, you know, we get to the... The actual cut, right? And that was what ninety-eight players that made the made day two, ninety-seven. So, so uh, one lucky bastard got a buy. What? Oh, got a got a buy. Got like an additional the, buy, right? Additional. So like not a not a cut buy, but it was like a well, oh, really, odd yeah. man out buy. Uh, just he got yeah. So, so so one lucky bastard got an odd man out out buy when he was supposed to play the play-in game. Correct. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so you guys were both in the cut, uh, Dominic and Carlos here, and uh, you guys, you know, you guys were playing, and me and Travis and Marcus and Gil were wandering around like we were we were going back, hopping back and forth between your games, and you know, trying to keep up to date. I was I was posting the Facebook like like a madman with updates. Oh, were you? Uh, yeah. Oh, so I could have not like bugged you every twenty minutes for updates. Yeah, you need to get on the you don't, but you don't use Facebook. On the facey face. I mean, you could use Facebook if you wanted, but no, I know you don't want no. to. No, I don't. I was fine giving you updates. I didn't mind. Okay. So I was. I tried to do, remember to do it every time I did the Facebook one, but so I think I forgot one. But well, that's all good. Yeah. Like I said I was not ashamed to ask. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, that's that was kind of my day, like hopping around watching them, and then uh, and, until they until you guys eventually got knocked out. I'll let you guys go over those stories later. But um, so then it turned into just like just watching the event, right? So uh the one of the cool things about the auditorium was having it in this auditorium is that it's it's a full-blown auditorium like that has like actual like you know auditorium bleachers. style seating and bleacher you know uh, they weren't quite bleachers uh, they yeah, were whatever you call them. <laughs> yeah they were actual seats yeah. but um so anyways we we were we had actually been kind of going up there throughout the week um at, like at random times when if like on thursday on thursday when i wasn't playing I, I I went up there. That's that's where Josh was when he got that video of you, Carlos, rolling your yeah. dice. Um, so, you know, we were kind of going up and down from there throughout throughout the week. And then on Saturday, you know, we go up there and all of a sudden it became like the hot spot. And like everybody started going up there like there was uh, a whole bunch of people up there. So um, so we're all watching getting and, and it started getting kind of rowdy. 
you know, we were, you know, yelling and screaming and hollering and that the, they, they, they came up there and told us to shut up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it didn't help that, the, like I said, the Canadians brought all the all the booze. So we got all in very small bottles. We, all, we have all these little tiny easily smugglable. Easy, yeah, smugglable bottles of booze around. <laughs> and, there must have been some rumors flying around rumors because I, I can't believe how many people literally you would just call me over and go Carlos and then just hand me alcohol <laughs> I don't know what I might have done that made him think that I am just you know this habitual drinker um, well they saw you on OCX I mean <laughs> <laughs> well that's only that's only part of it. Wait, wait, you guys, you guys video recorded OCX? Yeah, it was. Like, oh yeah, it was so YouTube. bad. So, oh. so we had to, use, so we used like webcams, and like uh, so they could actually see, they see us. They they that's what they do every week. They live stream it on YouTube every week, oh. and then they edit it later and put it up on as an actual podcast. But huh. what I what I was gonna say was for uh, for context with the stadium seating. Um, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of tables. It's this huge auditorium. Yeah. But all the stream tables are right up against the wall where yeah. the stadium seats are. Yeah. So you can literally look down and see six or you know eight games all on stream. The big top table games, yep. the top eight, sixteen games. Yeah. And then yeah, that was the one made it fun uh, because yeah. yeah, you got to watch like the the featured games anyways throughout the, mm -hmm. the the couple of days. And then obviously as we were getting towards the cut. You're just watching the entire cup play. So yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. So so as as the finals and the top four and top eight and all that stuff was going on, we were we we had the bird's eye view from up there, and everybody was partying, having a good time. And um, I think probably the the probably the best moment of the day up there was. Um, I missed it. What, oh, was so uh, was everybody screaming? It's the you weren't resistance. there, Carlos. No, I, that's when I went to go get lunch. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. oh, no. to eat. Yeah, and I and I, I had been obviously so yeah the meme of the whole entire tournament. So Kalen Wong uh, made top eight uh, at the World Championships, and he was flying the list with the uh, the it's the Resistance uh, card. Uh, I forget what the the, the crew is. So yeah, as a droid crew that hands yeah. out the it's the Resistance condition. Right. So the condition, and uh, for those of you who don't know, this the Resistance is the one where basically you time. Uh, a ship coming into the battle uh, in a delayed manner. So uh, I think it's three to five turns. Uh, GA97. Yeah. So it's a minimum of three turns and a maximum of five turns. You have five right. charges on the card and you spend charges for how many turns you want. And once all those charges have refilled themselves, the, sh the ship has to enter the board um, at the beginning of during the planning phase, I guess. Um, yeah. And it has to, so it, it has to, it has some rules to it. It can't, it, it can't come, it has to come in within range one of a board edge and any board edge and beyond range three of any enemy ship. Well, so, so you can't just jump right on an enemy, but you can definitely put yourself in a position to fly. Or fly in position. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so every time that he would bring in his ship uh, that was, you know, using that card, he would shout out. It's the resistance, yeah. and then his buddies. At least in the first day, so he was playing on his first day, um, and you know every time that he would do it, um, you know his. Uh, I think he was from the Canada group, uh, so they would shout yeah. with him. 
but it just became a thing. So every every other match, I mean, every match, every so often, every round, every time he'd shout it, you know, there was yeah. more of a group of people that would shout it together. Yeah. The, uh, which culminated into what uh, what you guys experienced. Yeah, the big one was in his top eight match, and uh, where where I think he he ended up uh, he's playing uh, Mitch Rab from California, who was playing like the Quad Star Vipers. Um, so he was playing him, and uh, you know everybody up there knew that the, it's the resistance thing was coming. So as soon as he did it, he like puts his hands up and he goes, it's the resistance. And then everybody in the upper deck was like, it's the resistance. Right. And then he was like some... walks around the table, like, like very, he like, he like sauntered around the table to like place Finn. It was hilarious. Everybody's like started applauding. Yeah. yeah. Just, I've already seen the, I saw the video at least. I was yeah, there, but I saw yeah. the video. So it was hilarious. What were you going to say, Dom? Oh, I just, I know for myself, I heard him yell it earlier in the day. Like, I, I think we were playing, um, I don't remember if it was Saturday or Friday, but I was playing, you know, at the same time and I heard him yell. Yeah. And I, I thought that it was just somebody playing the resistance who was yelling, it's the resistance. You know, like, whatever. Oh, of course, yeah, no one's yeah. playing that card. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was sort of one of these things where there's this groundswell of, oh, wait, there's somebody who's actually playing, it's the resistance. Yeah. And actually, and then, oh, the wait, they're doing well. <laughs> wait, this, this is happening. <laughs> And, and and then we're up in the balcony, you know, and it's like it, it's top eight or top sixteen or whatever. And so it's like, you know, what we should do. We should yell. It's the resistance when he yells when when he yeah. places the ship down, you know. Yeah. And it, you know, it sort of just was this word of mouth, like totally organic uh, thing. It was great. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was it was a it was a fun moment. So, but yeah, we had a blast just sitting up there watch, watching all the games and stuff. And of course, the final with um with Oliver uh, Pocknell our new world champion and uh and daniel taylor um coming in second there so that was uh quite a match i was personally That's very awesome. very excited to see uh imperial aces win win worlds for the first time boom boom i i do think it was boom. probably one of the best finals in recent memory yeah it was a really good game i mean it was uh, I mean, really really great I, I don't think ffg could have probably asked for a better finals matchup Mm -hmm. to get imperial aces against like a rebel uh i wouldn't quite call it rebel beef but it, it was it was a mishmash of rebels i mean it was it was a wedge and Bralin and just uh, an efficiency Jake yeah. Re rebel swarm list. Yeah. the rebel swarmish like an efficiency swarm list basically five ship uh with some aces in there so you know jake and then i think you had a generic bandit and uh and bat and um Lieutenant Blunt. Blount, yeah. yeah. So just a, uh, just a kind of an, a very interesting efficiency list. Um, and UK versus US, and you know the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. So I think it was a, it was a, about as perfect of a final as you could have asked for. So, um, so yeah. So that that was that was fantastic, and uh, just watching that was cool. But uh, but yeah. So then uh, Saturday night, uh, another big night at Tom Reed's. <laughs> A recurring theme, yeah. Tom so, Reeves was the unofficial hangout of yeah. the World's X-Wing tournament. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Saturday was not the last night that we spent at Tom Reeves. Uh, no, we, ended, we did end up there again. Now, <laughs> we bar hopped our way there on Sunday. So Sunday was a little bit different. We didn't just go straight there. We, we, we actually went to like two other places before we got there. <laughs> but nice. We wanted to make sure Tom Reeves was the place. Well, because we, they were the one stumbled. We basically, got, we basically started off at the place that closed at 10 and then went to the place that closed at 11 and then went to the place that closed at 10. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so so we go on Saturday night, and you know, like it was just packed with X Wing people. The um, the uh, the entire uh, like all the one eight six guys from um, you know, and a lot of a lot of the the, the UK guys were uh, had took took over the back patio. The the Iceland uh, the Icelandic guys were back there. Uh, the OCX guys, our coach was there at least. Um, you know, just everybody was there. There was a ton of people there, and uh, so it was a. Uh, it was a great night, just uh, partying and celebrating the new world champ and um, having a good time. So it was uh, definitely an excellent, excellent evening. So like an excellent week altogether. Yeah, it was fantastic. You guys were gone for almost a week, right? Uh, yeah, Tuesday, well, you got back on Monday. Yeah, it was a whole week. Yeah, Carlos and I were gone a really long time. Um, I bet the wives love that. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, a shout out to my wife. I mean, she. <laughs> She's Shout pregnant. out to your wife because you know she's not going to listen to this. She's not going to listen, but I don't care. But it's fine. Um, yeah, but she uh, she had a rough week. My, my buddy, uh, Jake, got a double ear infection the day I left. No. Um, no. That's so, actually all of his ears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it was a, a pretty rough week uh, for them at home uh, without me. So uh, definitely glad she was able to let me uh, do the whole a whole week mm-hmm. gone from that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, yeah, it was a fantastic week. Um, overall, I, I don't know that I can, I, I can say enough about it. Like it's, it was a ton of fun. I think anybody who, who has a chance to go should do it. Um, it's hundred percent recommend. Um, yeah, it's, it's part of it. Part of it. It, it really, really, hits hits you i think more than any other x-wing event you'll you'll ever go to like why what makes the x-wing community so great what like there's so many great people and everybody was like fantastic everybody was cool to hang out with um and you're meeting i mean i hung out with uh guys from italy i hung out with the guys from iceland i hung out with the brit brits i hung out with australians um you know just across the board just uh just hanging out with all these people from all over the world who like you're only really i mean obviously there's all sorts of things in common but the really thing the one thing you really have in common is this is this game and um it was a it was actually it really just i think hits home how awesome the x-wing community is more than any other event you could go to yeah i'll second i'll second that i mean i i had uh never been to worlds before this is my first time and i didn't know what to expect to be honest um, but I think I was kind of expecting like, hey, it'll be like a system open, but with yeah. just like more, more people, people, right? Yeah. Um, and it was anything but. I mean, it was it was totally different. Felt totally different from from the beginning to the end. You know, just th- there's no one. It's not like there's a local group, right? Um, everyone's from somewhere different. Everyone's yeah. there traveling and you know taking this whole week off to go play X Wing and hang out. And um, <clears throat> no, it was just amazing. It was, I I absolutely have to go back again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to go back next year and um, and, uh, and and play again. And it's it's one of those things like it's. I mean, I could go back as just a social event, and it would be awesome still. You know, on top of the getting to play X Wing against a lot of fantastic players and getting to get some cool prizes off the wall and and uh, and whatever else. So it's uh, it, it was just a cool, super awesome event all around, and I I can't suggest it enough. So. That's how I feel about it. Any any other final wor- words about the uh, about the week in general? 
I think uh, our our pokards were a big hit. Um, I know for sure. I, I, one of the best parts about the um, the experience was you know handing those cards to uh, players from you know using different languages. Uh, they were very very surprised. Yeah. Uh, that we did the effort to translate the cards and and make yeah. sure that they were uh, we, the in the official languages that have been printed. test any of those for accuracy. Yeah. Uh, well, th- there were the official. We use the official Poe cards ah, okay. um, on the FFG yeah. uh, squad builder. Yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. kind of hoping there'd be some with some just bizarre like mistranslations. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, oh, I, was, I mean, they might have been. Who knows? But I they are know. the exact translation that is on the the Poe cards. Yeah, I feel so, like a yeah. hard point probably uh, translates poorly in certain languages, <laughs> certain regional <laughs> dialects. Where hard yeah. point doesn't mean what we think it does. Yeah, right. Yeah, there were some uh, interesting ones. Like I know I was paranoid because I was putting them together. So you know, Carlos went and found all the translations for me and then i I was um typing them up and i was paranoid about it so i i I was like i would very meticulously type them in and then uh and then i double checked them copy and paste them into google translate uh just to see that it came out (laughs) to something that like like at least made sense and uh because i did the last thing i wanted to do was give out a card like that and it would be wrong so you know i was uh, everybody i gave it to said it was right so i was i was happy with that but um but yeah that, that was that was uh that was a fun thing so we should get um, something icelandic next time yeah right? I, I i don't is know that if they, they, is that the name of the language icelandic i don't even know I, i'm not sure that's actually. a good question um, I, was just I, on the, I was literally just on the wikipedia for iceland too Joe's gonna look it up for us. I will find out. Um, but yeah, he's was, a world uh, traveler. Oh, I think the part of yeah, the, yeah. I'm the world traveler, I'm the one that stayed home. Yeah, part of the thing is that it's only I th- they FFG only does certain languages, right? So uh, some of the, a lot of the countries, um, if they if FFG doesn't cover their language, they just use the English version. Um, yeah. Yeah, we we printed our cards in all the uh, languages that they yeah. actually print in. So, so like my first round opponent on Friday was from Denmark, and um, so I didn't have a, a you know Dutch. So uh, she's like, yeah, she's all the FFG. We just use all the English cards over mm-hmm. here. So, so yeah, so it depends on the country. You know, the the six languages we had were, uh, f- uh, I think it was six languages. We had French. Spanish, German, uh, Polish, Italian, and and English. And English yep. Obviously, uh, Icelandic is apparently the official language. It is the official yep. language. It's Icelandic. So there yep. you go. That should be a must-do next time. Yeah, um, we'll have to see if they have a translation for it. But uh, but yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, just a great time overall. Joe, do you have any updates from the home front from over the week? Yes. Okay. So here was the plan. Okay. Uh-huh. The plan initially was to, you know, my thinking was that we call this podcast Florida Man Plays X Wing. Yes. But then on the podcast, we cheat like, like scoundrels because it's not really Florida Man, it's Florida Men. There are multiple of us. Yes. Yeah. So I was going to do the episode all by myself. Uh huh. Um, you were going to do a true Florida Man episode. Yeah. It was going to be, you know, a, a real form of uh, audio uh, idiotic X Wingification, um, <laughs> which was going to be what it was one of, the, one of the names of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before I realized that's horrible. <laughs> so I or went fantastic. On I don't know. The which. only part of the internet I go to uh-huh. 
which is Reddit. Yes. Because unlike the internet, it has pictures of girly girls and cat memes. Yes. Which the internet does not. I mean, that they all they all funnel to Reddit. Like Reddit's the catch-all for that stuff. Oh, they have it on the broader internet the, the, too. That stuff's all on the broader internet as well. Even the girly girls. Even the girly girls. Even okay. the girly girls. <laughs> well, I would like to give a shout out because everybody likes to give shout outs. Apparently, because all these happy feelings for all these people that go out of town, you know, yes. they leave the state. Yes. All of a sudden, everybody's got happy feelings for everybody. It's yep. like a freaking episode of of what's the uh, smoochie. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's just happy feelings. Yeah, but yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to all the people on Reddit that suggested what I should do when I had the episode to myself. I, I had plans for like an epic four hour, no <laughs> no sidebars, just straight <coughs> hardcore X-Wing while you guys were gone. Okay. And then I realized that would be, a, a that would be a lot of work. B, I don't want to do a lot of work. And C, Carlos, I don't know if you know this, but Steve took all the microphones with him. I didn't take all the microphones. <laughs> I took like, two I literally, of the three. I came to Steve's house on Friday night because we had a surprise birthday party for my wife, which was awesome, by the way. Yeah. You know, but like, I get there, and there's like the microphone stands are still attached to like the credenza where we have them. Yeah. But the microphones had been removed. Oh yeah, I needed them. Possibly to keep me from doing any of the things I was gonna do. No, not at all. Oh no. Mike in that drawer, and I told you that when you texted me about it. You did. You yes. did. But you know. There was a party. It makes the story better. All the drawers. (laughs) It makes the story better that you just took all those toys away. Okay, okay. No, no, no. I mean, the story, you know, an honest story is always better. I wasn't going to go rifling through all your stuff looking for it. Although now that I can't find my koozie, I might. Oh, that's fine. You can look around. Yeah, it's got to be around here somewhere. Yeah. I'm missing my good koozie and it's killing me. Yeah. But uh, I was going to try to record the podcast before fantasy football this week. Okay. Because, you know. The last couple of weeks haven't been going that well. Yeah. The new guy in our league is winning, and it's a disgrace. <laughs> at, least it's, at least it's no longer one and two new guys. I am now number. I am now in second. You are now number two. I am now number two. <laughs> who so does number two work? Who does for? number two? All, my goal now is to be the highest scoring team as well, because I'm like I'm inching. Like I, I I have to like basically back up my uh, my my top record. <laughs> Mm-hmm. By going like, well, my team is the best team, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I'm still behind. I think I'm like yeah, third place shit, in points. <laughs> Sorry, I do, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you, did, you did kick Travis's ass this week, and uh, I he, did. He, he came up to me. He came up to me. He's like, so like, why didn't you tell me Alvin Kamara wasn't playing this week? Because like, I'm like, why? Why do you give a fuck? He's like, because I have Latavius Murray on my bench with like 30-something points. Oh, like, no. I didn't know that. What, why is that my responsibility? Yeah, <laughs> you're the one playing fantasy. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so. But anywho, like the people on Reddit, it's funny because like all the people on Reddit are probably better at podcasts than us because like their suggestions are like way better than shit we actually do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like, damn, I'm almost going to retire. Like by the time I got to like the 15th brilliant fucking idea. Well, no, the 15th one was have Chris Chico Brown on there. I was like, we already did that. Yeah, we've, we've like, done that Just call Chico times. Brown. Apparently, he'll be on any He's podcast. At a I was party. Like, He's at a bachelor party. He was at a bachelor party that weekend. But Oh, that's true. Yeah. Actually, we talked about that, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. I think we talked about it on the part of the podcast that got deleted. Yeah, think, we did. Was that in the first part? I think I that was it. in the mysterious first part. Uh, I, I didn't was hear it, half. so it was probably it was in the It must have been in the first half, yeah. It was in our lost episodes. Yeah. I'm Lost given episode. to understand that a full episode is more than four kilobytes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what that file turned out to be. File was four kilobytes. I was like, that's yeah, not that went, right. That went poorly. Yeah. Oh, no. But no, it's like all these people with all these brilliant ideas, and I was going to do them, and then I realized, like, 
I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I even had actually, we actually have to remember to try to get, somebody actually volunteered to co-host with me, and I got to remember to uh, have oh, him on who, as a guest. Who was it? It's a guy that does an X-Wing, like, just general X-Wing gaming uh, YouTube channel. Okay. So it might be cool to get a cool perspective from that. Yeah, sure. Why don't we have him on? Uh, we will do that. Contact we'll do that. him. We'll, we'll work it out. I have him on the Reddit, or as I call it, the internet. The internet. Yeah, Joe's the internet, internet, otherwise known as the Reddit. Yes. <laughs> so, and... <laughs> oh, last little bit of shame, then we'll move on. Oh, go ahead. So, uh, I'm so good at using the internet that I subscribed to the subreddit Dad Joke. Yes. Because I heard it was funny, you know, some uh-huh. guy at work told me it was good. I've been on there about a month now, and just recently somebody posted something on there. It's like, you know, glad you all are here, you know, that's nice and all, but like, why the hell are you here? Because the actual subreddit is called Dad Jokes with an ads. Have you not noticed there's been no jokes on here for like a year? And I was like, shit. Shit. <laughs> I am not good at technology. So, all right. Well, with that, I think we're going to hit up the Florida News Desk, take a break. When we come back, we're going to um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, uh, about how, what we played, how we played, that kind of stuff at Worlds. Um, I'm going to so let Carlos and Don talk podcast. about they were going to do the X-Wing part of the podcast in the second half. Um, but I, uh, you know, wait, so- wait, hold on. I, I'm reading Joe's uh, Reddit oh, post, God. by the way. <laughs> so one of the comments, dress like Chewbacca and do the floss. This will be a bonus if any episode gets a thousand downloads. Yeah. Fine, that's what we're doing. Okay. All right. This this one, uh, I can see Joe try to do. Uh, do different voices if the, there was dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, these ideas were brilliant. The people that put like, I kept, I, I felt, I felt bad like the last sec, two or three I didn't respond to. Like the other ones, I was like, God, that is a good idea. I was yeah. trying to be engaging and do the things people are supposed to do on the internet. Yeah. And eventually I was like, oh my God, this There's is going to take me forever. Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> eventually you can't, you just can't keep up. But, uh, but yeah, so anyways, um, I, the Florida news desk is going to be a little bit different for a few weeks here because I actually went around worlds and got multiple people to record Florida news segments for us. So every week for the next about, I think eight or, I think I got an eight or nine of them. So did you tell them it was for a podcast. I did. Yeah. I told did they know that. what it was. Yeah. They'd most, heard of us. Yeah. They'd heard of oh, us. We're fucking famous. Most of them. Yeah. So we're um, famous in Iceland at least. Yeah, the Icelandic field. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, anyways, I got a bunch of different people. So we're gonna have a you, we're gonna have a surprise guest uh, guest reader every week for the next uh, I don't know eight or nine weeks here. So, anyways, without further ado, here's the Florida News Desk. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Oliver Potnell, 2019 X-Wing World Champion. Uh, a Florida man is accused of enticing an alligator to bite his arm and pouring beer into its mouth after his friend caught the reptile. Uh, Timothy Kepke, 27, of Hobie Sound, and Noah Osborne, 22, of Stewart, are arrested October 3rd, each charged with unlawfully taking an alligator, a felony. According to a Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission report, a complaint was received in August about Kepke holding an alligator. A video apparently showed Kepke trying to get the alligator to bite his arm and give him beer to the reptile. After which, the alligator reacted aggressively. Shock. Officers said they went to keep uh, Kepke's home on September the 17th, and Kepke told them he was the person in the video. Kepke told officers Osborne caught the reptile with his bare hands in Palm City, irony, on August 26th. He said later they released the alligator alive. 
Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the second half of Florida Man Plays X-Wing. And now we are going to talk about the actual X-Wing that happened at Worlds this weekend. We thought the socializing part was more important, so we put it up front. But um, <laughs> So now we're going to talk about uh, some of the actual things and statistics, and, uh, and specifically Carlos and Dominic's uh, run into the cut on Saturday. So... Um, Steve, don't diminish your accomplishments. You did good too, bud. I mean, I did. I went five more in the LCQ, which I was happy about. And then, I, honestly, and I'll, I'm going to talk about this a little bit, but I want to talk about the the stats a little bit first. Um, just the overall statistics of factions and that kind of stuff going into uh, into world. And here, actually, they actually made it into worlds. So the uh, for day one, you know, combined day one A and B, um, you had twenty four point three percent of the list were Imperial, which was the highest. Second highest was Republic at 21.2%. Then it was Rebel at 14.8%. Then Separatist 12.7, Scum at 11.6, Resistance at 9.5, and First Order at 5.8. So First Order by far the lowest. Um, Which is weird because I feel like it's <clears throat> fairly well represented down here. Yeah, I'm, I think First Order is... It seems to make it the cuts down here at the very least. Yeah, I, and I think that's some really good First Order lists. I think the problem is there's not a lot of options. So when, so when there's meta changes, it's really difficult to stick with a First Order list because you're like, oh, the meta is shifting and I don't really have a lot of options to account for it yeah. within this faction. It has so, to sort of shift around you. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of where First Order is at until it gets some new ships um, coming up in this next wave here uh, around the movie time in December, which, by the way, saw the trailer the other night. It was awesome. Got my tickets. Uh, so good. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert, but that's not a subtle number of Star Destroyers. No, that is an unsubtle mm -hmm. amount of Star Destroyers. <laughs> oh my God, damn. <clears throat> um, I got to say, in some ways, I was... Maybe a little surprised. I kind of expected Imperials to drop off a little bit more. Um, I don't know why that is, but I just kind of... I knew there was... I mean, obviously, the Imperial Aces is still so very good. Obviously, it ended up winning. But um, and gen but I, I, I kind of thought that the uh, Nantex would scare off a little bit more of the Imperial Aces, maybe, um, than, it, than, it, than it did. But uh, apparently, it didn't. So it was kind of strange. Most of the Nantexes were on day 1A, right? Because So the way it ended up kind of somehow oddly working out, most of the Americans played on day 1A and most of the Europeans played on day 1B. Um, it's kind of odd. Yeah, I don't know why it just worked out that way for whatever reason. But Well, um, you got to choose. So uh, I did get the email and obviously yeah. down, uh, I can attest that as well as like, you get you get to choose. Yeah. Um, and you know what I mean? It, there was a little bit of strategy uh, on our end. I chose to go on the opposite day of Travis because I sure as hell didn't want to play him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, not just you know because basically you don't want to like hand out a loss you know to Florida players. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a, obviously it's a huge flow, chances are low. Though. Yeah, chances are low. Chances are low, but at the same time, I was just like, well, you know what? You know, if if uh, if we can come somehow split the room a little bit. Mm -hmm. um then you know it's it's better odds obviously than if all of us play on the same day yeah um so there could have been a little bit of strategy in that i don't know with people choosing people knowing uh you know so and so is going this day so and so is going that day i don't know if that somehow was uh, a, a part of the choices that people ended up making i, mean, I feel like a lot of it by is due to travel too it's like if you're, yeah 
you're coming from out of the country, you're already putting a pretty significant time sink into this. I feel like you have to kind of cut a day out of that. Yeah. But so, so then into the cut, um, you have so the percentages for the cut are fairly analogous for most of the factions to their totals, right? Um, although there was a bit of a drop off for Imperials. They went from 24% of the total field down to 19.4% of the cut. Um, Rebels was at 15% of the cut. Um, Scum, 12.2. First Order, 5.1. Resistance, 9.2. Republic, 20.4. And then the one that jumped up from its numbers as far as representation in the cut was Separatists at 18.4. Yeah. Um, so. so Rebels was up like 8% point, but Separatists went up. Uh, six percentage points as far as representation in the cut as compared to the rest of the field. That is nuts that there really was not that big of a difference in all the factions. Yeah, most of them were really close. Different, it, like It was like within a percentage point for the most part, except for Imperials going down about 5% and Separatists going up about 6%. But it never felt like, you know what I mean? Like, it, obviously, you know, Imperial winning... Um, it never felt like it was just, you know, you have to talk about the fact that, you know, not necessarily everybody that played in those days, you know, were playing super competitive lists, you know, oh, yeah. I guess, you know, some of them made the day one, uh, cut and all that stuff. So they obviously got to play without having to play the LCQ. Um, and then some lists just kind of get through, you know what I mean? Or depending on the matchups, you know what I mean? Some yeah. lists just hit hard stops. Um, so I don't know, like it just, it doesn't really feel like that kind of disparity is anything to be like looked at more deeply. I think it's just more of um, new hotness, you know, kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, not people, dude, I played against two of the Chartek Sun Fox lists. I still don't know what the fuck to do with that list. Yeah, or against it when I see it across the table because they're just so versatile. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. Imperials just get smashed uh, by a list like that, especially if it's a player that that knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Obviously, it's very difficult match for for Imperial Aces to deal with. But the uh, the other thing I thought was really interesting here, and this is I think was probably the most telling overall number of, out of out of just the the, the, the statistics in general. Um, was the uh, day one combined cut rate. So this is the um, the cut rate for per faction, basically. So 25% of of all Republic lists made the cut. 20.7 of all Imperial lists made the cut. 26.8 of, of all the Rebel lists made the cut. 27.3 of Scum made the cut. 22.7 of First Order made the cut, and 25% of Resistance made the cut. So you're basically it's all around the 20s. At, yeah, it's all in the 20s until you get to the Separatists. 37.5% of Separatist lists made the cut, um, which you know it's what it's 10% over 10% higher than the next closest cut rate, and that was actually with the Scum faction. Surprisingly the, enough, there were 48 lists total, and 18 made it. Yeah. Um, so that's. Those are pretty gods. Uh, yeah. So I think it tells you where scum is actually at right now. I mean, obviously, the, and you have two very different archetypes, right? You've got the Nantex stuff. So generally speaking, the Nantex seem to be taking the form of Sunfac, Churchek, and Grievous, right? 
Uh, that was the list that I saw uh, pretty much uh, the, one of the most common yeah. ace-type lists. Yeah, that was list. what I saw most commonly. I think you played some of them, Dom, didn't you? I did play against Separatists a little bit, yeah. Um, so then there was the, and then there was a little bit of Sunfock in like five or six, uh, drones as well. But most of the time when people were going with drones, they were going heavy with drones. They were going with the seven or eight, um, you know, swarm, generally seer swarms. Yeah. Um, seer swarms. You also saw the two bombers, uh, with a bunch of vultures you saw, yeah. And that was just more of the the toolbox uh, separatists, yeah. Where they have a bunch of toys. Uh, they they get the target locks early with the probe droids. Mm -hmm. um, some of them bring the abilities for a four. Uh, the one that can shoot at range zero. Um, so that one's I feel like the kind of like the toolbox one. There's the obvious the seer one, um, and you're starting to see the uh, really cheap uh, bell blab. Yeah. with the uh, TA-175, which I've been I've been clamoring for this, and I know you have too, um, about how that is such a better relay uh, than the expensive, more expensive one, Kraken. Um, and it, you definitely, I, I, I started to see a little bit more of that. I'm not sure. Um, I think, I mean, every, most people were playing TA-175 that I saw for the series yeah. one. There was yeah. one guy in the in, that went deep into the cut, into the top 16 or top 8, I think with a uh with kraken actually um uh -huh. but he was playing the the separatist drones the i3s um and and knuckles who was one uh who was in top 64 i think was also flying kraken okay. he was yeah, yeah. so there so was still was some interesting yeah there's still people flying it and i think it's still good um it, i think it's a little it just depends on your play style a little bit like the guy who made the the up into the i want to say top eight um with with that version of the list um he was saying that basically that he didn't like he was he didn't he was getting ps killed too much with the lower end swarm right mm -hmm. so he wasn't happy with that feeling about getting you know especially against like the sinker swarms and the other the other i2 and i3 swarms so that's why he went up to the i3 version and then one, and then decided to go with Kraken, just as, to have as many calculates, just because of the timing of when you get the calculates with TA one seventy five, especially at the I three level. <clears throat> you know when you run into like those mirror those mirror matches when you're at that you know same we have matching pilot skills, and all the shooting is happening at I three, then you're not going to get any of those Krakens until after all the shooting is done. So. Or any of those TA-175. The TA-1, right. So you want the shooting is done. Yeah, you want to run the I-1s with TA-175. You're yeah. running higher initiatives and go with Kraken. Yeah. Because then you, you know. got uh, more modifications early and you initiative kill stuff. Exactly. Yep. So, um, anyways, that was just the kind of the overall statistics of the event. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think that 37.5% cut rate for the Separatists is, is a big deal. And that is probably going to end up, you know, just getting some attention from FFG when when it comes to point point costs although, and stuff like that down the line. Although I think it's worth pointing out that on the other hand, there was one separatist player in the top sixteen or something like that. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't yeah. like they were running rampant in the cup. No, but I think I think the reason for that is that by the time you get to the cut and, and you get that deep into the cut, 
you're starting to run into players who actually were really taking the separatist stuff into account. So you're you're getting players who like knew what to do against the Seer Swarm and knew what to do against the Nantexes and had had at least put some thought and effort into practicing against it. Um, because I don't think they're things they're unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. I think this the Seer Swarms are highly efficient. Um, obviously that's just that's just a lot of ships on the board and it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff i had a game against the seer swarm that because my dice were just absolute shit i just couldn't win so i i i couldn't roll a hit to save my life and i had i basically ended the game with without actually killing a drone while running while having actually fired a proton torpedo <laughs> like like taking multiple shots at a thing with one with a proton torpedo like i fired it it one it it one uh bomber guy with a proton torpedo and and a vader shot and a suture shot and he lived and then he lived through another at least one more one or two other shots later in the game because <laughs> i couldn't roll dice so you know that's um when you have that many bodies on the field it's it 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 just it's just it's just super efficient that way now i think it's very dice prohibitive like i actually think the sinker or not sinker the um these types of swarms these seer swarms these separatist swarms are very dicey um they're very like variant variants um susceptible one way or the other the variance either is like massively helpful to them or it can just absolutely kill them so I think that is an issue with them, but right. The snowballing effect, I think is exacerbated by the uh, network calculations in mm -hmm. particular, right? So as soon as you kill a couple of drones, it becomes a lot easier to kill the others and they do less damage as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when I just couldn't get one off the board and I'm flying around and flying around, just trying to, just trying to kill one and I, and I just can't clear one off the board and, I'll, and eventually I can't get away from that many arcs that, that many times. So, cause I, cause I, I like the opening engagement. He all, uh, I, uh, he only two of his, um, of his swarm had a shot. The rest of his swarm was just sitting back there out of range. So, and I had three shots on one thing. So it was like, okay, kill this thing, give them a bunch of calculates they can't use. <coughs> turn, right. And then the next turn go in and try to kill another thing with as few meaningful calculates around as possible. So but it just didn't work out that way just because couldn't you know just couldn't roll dice but um so anyways we'll see what happens with separatists i think uh i, I think they'll probably are going to get some adjustments um just because like you said it wasn't that it didn't end up being a huge deal in the, in the cut in the top 16 but it was a huge deal in getting to the cut and um I, that's definitely going to grab ffg's attention just looking at these numbers you know, I think that's going to grab their attention, but, um, all right. So anyhow, let's talk about our days specifically. So well, hold on. Uh, uh, do you want me to mention the, the LCQ? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's go over that real quick. Yeah. Um, so out of the 97 players, uh, that did make the day two cut three, four, 11 of those players played in LCQ. Uh, so that kind of gets to show you a little bit of that uh, percentage that, you know, made it in from actually making it into uh, that first day, playing that first day. 
Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, one of my things that I thought about was fatigue. Um, yeah. You know, basically, you know, we all played a very, very <laughs> large amount of X-Wing for the yeah. whole week um, in oh, yeah. general uh, by playing in the pods. But the pods you're not taking seriously, the side events. Um, so who knows how much of that affects really your fatigue levels. But I think it does uh, definitely, a little bit because yeah. X-Wing in general, I mean, it, it's still a... You got to you're standing a lot, even in a pod game, you know, you're 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 standing a lot. You're still kind of putting forth some level of mental energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it does to some degree. And 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 I'm going to kind of go over this for me, because so, you know, like I said, I went five and one in the LCQ, made the cut everything, you know, felt I felt really good on the LCQ day. Um, I, I was, I, you know, felt great about everything I did that day. Um, then I ended up getting, you know, because they, they just did the random assortment pairing into days 1A or B. Um, I wanted to play day 1A. I wanted to play Thursday. Um, but I ended up getting Friday, so fine, whatever. So I get into Friday, and uh, I won my first match pretty well. It was, um, uh, it was a Rebel Beef List, a variant of the Rebel Beef List, of the old Rebel Beef List with Arvel um in there with uh 10 and Bramlin and cassian so i won that game and then i went into another rebel beef variant list um and that game was very close and um i ended up uh ended up just losing that one um i can't remember the points it was really it was like it was a very close game and then the third game was the seer swarm game where i just couldn't kill anything that one i think really <laughs> That one got to me and like in a little bit just because of the dice variance being so bad. And then I also like I think I, I also like hit the wall right like in the middle, like at some point in that game, like just from an ex- a level, an exhaustion standpoint. And part of this is my fault, too, for like going out and having drinks basically every night. But, you know, that's kind of part of the what the world is. So it was it was a ton of fun. and I wouldn't change what I did. But um, I definitely hit a wall leading into, you know, around that time of the day. And uh, so then the round four was a uh, was an Imperial Swarm, um, you know, like kind of the classic uh, Inferno Swarm. Um, I was able to pull that one out. And then round five um, was a, a Boba Fen list. So a two ship list. And this was the game where like, I ended up getting knocked out in this game. And he actually ended up going on to the top eight. Um, uh, he was a very good player, um, uh, Jonathan from uh, Denmark. And uh, so, but it was one of those games that I actually kind of, I had I had it in, in control, I felt, especially early on. I, I managed to block his Fen on the opening engagement with Redline and then put three damage into him from range three with Vader. And then... Um, the crit being a loose stabilizer so he had to go straight so vader just did a 4k and got right behind him and blew him up on the next turn so it ended up uh, you know i traded him he managed he took out he, he did manage to take out redline with boba and those two turns so i basically traded redline for fen and, and and ended up with boba and um or ended up with uh, vader and sunter going up against boba which is should be a, which was a very good matchup for me you know at that point i'm moving after him I got two ships instead of just one, you know, and they're basically full health. I think I had one shield off of Vader at the time. So, but I, I just made a series of incredibly stupid mistakes. 
and um it, it I, you know he had proxy mines i forgot he had proxy mines and it was just like this the fatigue like it was mistakes that i would never ever i've honestly i don't think i've ever made that kind of those kind of mistakes in the game before and played that badly so the fatigue of playing through the lcq i think is real like that's six rounds of x-wing and you're there a day earlier the travels starts catching up with you more all that kind of stuff um i was beat i was pretty beat by friday and then um very just and i tried playing in the 2020 qualifier on sunday and i was totally exhausted i had nothing i didn't have anything left for that so um so anyways that <laughs> that was my uh trip to worlds but um yeah. as far as x-wing goes um but uh I do think the the there there was definitely a fatigue factor for the LCQ um, for for people who play who played in that and in those extra games that they had to play, and that really does did mean something. It did. Uh, it, it was definitely evident uh, here in the standings. I think only one person um, out of the per, uh, out of all all the people that made the LCQ won two games uh, yeah. day two. Yeah. Um, and that was actually uh, Sarah Tessum, which we got to know and, and yeah. meet at the OCX uh, uh, podcast uh, episode that we did. Yeah, yeah, she uh, so did. Congrats she made top to her, she, didn't she? She did. Uh, she yeah. did. She did really well. So um, that was uh, one of the two top thirty twos. Paul Johnson was another one. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody else finished top sixty four or lost in the playing round. Yeah. Um, so that just goes to show you, I think that, I think you're right. It, it does wear you out, um, you know, playing that extra day. Yeah. Uh, so like, I would have really liked to have been able to go into the day fresh, like, like I, the, like the way I went into the LCQ, um, because I felt really good during the LCQ. Like I, I, I liked my list. I was, I was playing it very well. I was, you know, everything felt like it was clicking and then, it just kind of got worse and worse and worse as the weekend went on and I just got more and more tired and exhausted. <laughs> so, but anyhow, yeah, that's uh definitely a goal for next year. But all right, so Carlos, you're up next. Um, you made the top 64 and how did it go for you? Uh, so let's see here. Give me one second. I'm gonna pull up the matches here. I'm not going to go through every single the detail. I just do want to make sure I give my shout outs uh, where they are earned. Uh, so I played on Thursday. Uh, so day 1A. Uh, first match was against a uh, separatist swarm against Ted Trainee. Um, and he brought that kind of uh, hodgepodge uh, that I was talking about a little bit of the hyena bombers, a little bit of the uh, drones, um, uh, vultures, sorry. Uh, so that one, uh, just uh, for for the matchup, you know, he had a couple of I-1s, a couple of I-3s. Uh, he had one I-1 uh, parked in front of my entire squad uh, in the first uh, round of shooting. And he there was an I-3 as well. Um, and I could have taken out both, but I decided to focus fire on the one, uh, mainly because uh, efficiency is king, right? Uh, you're going swarm against swarm. Um, I wanted to kill the one because I knew the next turn uh, he was just going to shove it into my formation and then screw up my focus tokens. Um, so after killing that one, that, that very following turn was a critical turn. I only killed one vulture in that first round. Um, 
But the next round, I killed I think two more ships, and, yeah. and I think he made it. He might have done some 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 dent into my list, um, but I don't think it was just. It, it started to snowball after that. Uh, so I had a pretty good uh, first round. The second round was against Ch- Jason Chong. Uh, he was flying a resistance list. Um, just uh, uh, I, I think it was you know a jousting list uh, and. You know, we talked. I think we talked about this a, a good length. The Singer Swarm is just quite possibly one of the best uh, jousting lists out there as far as efficiency goes. So, uh, I think he just lost based on that. You know, just I had so much more guns on the table yeah. uh, than he did. I killed his Bastion pretty early and started doing damage to Wexley. It was still relatively close towards the end. Uh, that's where the uh, infamous video came from uh, that Josh uh, decided to um, <laughs> record. <laughs> Uh, third round against Carol, and I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Pletrowicz. Uh He is from Poland and uh, one of the uh, Polish players. Uh, he, he's pretty pretty good uh, uh, national player in, in that country. Uh, he has line two Inquisitors, Sunterfell, and Colonel Jenden. Um, he had really, really bad dice, um, uh, especially early on. Um that kind of affected that shifted the match, but to be completely honest, I, um, I think I had the perfect setup. Um, so he brought in Sutir on the side, uh, and I kind of basically was coasting around my uh, board edge until I brought my entire swarm towards the middle of the board. Um, now Sinker, where Sinker was placed, was the side where. Um, Sutir was going to come down the lane on the side. Well, I also put Rick just facing right at Sutir. Um, and what I ended up doing, I, I made a really aggressive maneuver with uh, Rick, as you do, right? You do five straight. Do. Yeah. Um, and basically forced them, you either joust Rick or you go for Sinker and you expose yourself to Rick uh, by Rick being able to get behind Sutir. And that's exactly what happened. So he, like I said, he did complain a little bit about his dice results. They were epically bad, but I think the setup was exactly how it's supposed to be, where um, I ended up getting a couple of rounds of shooting with Rick, uh, did a damage into Suntir, and then the very following turn, I had a rear arc shot with uh, Sinker, and then a bonus shot with uh, Rick. So he did a two maneuver, blue maneuver to clear his stress and stuff like that. I dialed into three. I uh, had a reroll from Sinker. I had a focus token. You know, a fully modded shot. I did another damage and then finished him off with Sinker. Um, so I, I think I, I set that up perfectly. And then yeah. now my entire, the V19s were now dealing with the two Inquisitors and the, the shuttle. Um, so, but uh, losing, you know, soon to that early, he lost his, you know, flanker. Um, and it just kind of snowballed from there, and uh, I did really well in that match. But um, I, I think personally, you know, the, the dice were – they just caused things to happen faster um, than what was going to end up happening anyways. Uh, so I was pretty happy about that, mm-hmm. uh, the way I played that out. Round four, Julian Hood. Um, quite the player, uh, especially Republic player. Um, I – talked to him i think i messaged him a couple of times uh, earlier this year uh it was mainly in preparation for the uh system open atlanta system open and we were 
Uh, talking about the list uh, that he was flying, he did really well. I think he won two hyperspace trials, uh, had some top cut finishes at, at uh, international level events, system mm-hmm. opens. Um, and he was bringing Plo Koon, Anakin, and Rick Olay. Uh, so as soon as I saw his name, I knew who he was. I knew what I was up against. Yeah. Um, very, very close match. Uh, Sinker was the only ship that uh, died. Uh, I don't want to say took damage, but he regened all the damage that I did yeah. to him, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. But um, I don't. I mean, I, I think maybe some of my ships took damage, but I, he never even got to half of one of my V19s. Oh, um, so the, the the game was actually really really close. Um, I missed a block on Anakin by probably two three millimeters, mm-hmm. um, and it would have been really nice because I had a, a several shots uh, on target um, that could have given me half points. Uh, yeah. So. Getting the hat points on Anakin would have been huge. I think it would have definitely um, been closer to at least winning the match. Obviously, you know, you, you, you the, the the gameplay becomes different right at that point. Yeah. So yeah. he'll start being more aggressive with Plo and Rick, and um, you know, so who knows what would happen? But um, obviously, that would have helped. Uh, so I lost that round, um, but it was uh, one hell of a match for sure. Uh, next was uh, George uh, Labasor. Uh, he played at the system open. I think that he played you in the last round. Is that what? Yeah, he was my final round opponent at the system open on, um, but we were both undefeated and um, we just did a final salvo. But, right. <laughs> but yeah, he was uh, he was a great guy though. We 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 hung out and talked a, a lot, so he was uh, he was a cool guy. Yeah, this one uh, was obvious. Uh, one of the more stressful games I had uh, for the whole day. I, I mean, second only to <laughs> uh, the one after this, but. Uh, him and I were obviously what the three and one at this stage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very important. You know, you, you you're off your first loss and you're trying to make sure you 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 keep sticking on. You got to win two more rounds and then you're yep. good. Uh, he's flying General Grievous, Sunfock, and Chortex. So mm-hmm. I have, like I said, I've kind of been off X wing a little bit. Uh, definitely have not even played against a new menace uh, of the uh, Nant- Nantex. Yeah. Uh, so I, in general, though, I knew the tricks. I knew you know how they play or what 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 they're supposed to do. Um, so I kind of did a little bit of the same thing here uh, with Rick. Um, and, and general theme, um, I know you know Travis and I have talked about this. You know whether or not is you know this Rick sinker swarm better than than the standard sinker that he flies with one fourth. I don't think neither one of it is. It has strength and weaknesses, obviously, uh, based on matchups. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing I learned was that for every matchup that I had, that I had an I-6 on the other side of the table, uh, Rick was almost always more helpful, uh, I think, personally, than having a another arc, mainly because he just harassed um, that ship, uh, which is funny, right? You think it's some fact that's what his you know choices but um made a really really good engagement uh where i set up all my v19s with the sinker reroll pointing right at sunfock and then i hard turned uh rick into sunfock as well yeah so he had a choice does he you know tractor the v19s and possibly moves one of them and then i had the bonus shot with uh, rick and all that stuff you know the extra dice or does he go after Rick, but then in, in essence, he's putting himself uh, in front of the entire swarm. So he had no good choice. Yeah. Um, and so very early on, I put two damage on him. 
he's the most expensive ship in the list. What I did find out very, very quickly is that Chertek, this list in particular is very, very, very bad for uh, Singer Swarm because Chertek is just another Sunfock. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, he gets to move after my entire swarm. So he gets to harass all my ships. So in that process, he was able to put Chertek in a really good position to kind of mitigate a lot of the arcs uh, that we're trying to get after Sun to close them out. Yeah. Um, in the process, obviously, I put him in a very uh, panic mode early. Uh, he was very close to the boardage. He dialed in a three bank and just barely clipped the edge of the board. Uh, now, Sunfuck was at one hole. I had some basic arcs pointing in that direction. Um, so there's no telling, you know, obviously. Yeah. And there's just one of those situations, right, where he does a mirac- miraculous and he's rolling three dice, right? It's a three dice ship. So he rolls a couple of natty evades and he gets away um, and I lose the game. Or, you know, basically I close it out like I should because, you know, I put him in, in the position that I wanted him to. Uh, but unfortunately he died. I killed Chertek uh, the very next turn. Uh, so the game was definitely in control after that. Um, I think the mistake actually, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, tipped the skills uh, very, very quickly. Um, and it allowed me to, to, to take out uh, Chertek um, otherwise, I think I would have been in, in pretty big trouble if Sunfuck would have gotten away. Yeah. Um, round six. Uh, so that was a doozy. Uh, played against Tim Dugan, uh, one of the uh, Radio TCX uh, co hosts. And uh, that was on stream. So hopefully that'll be up on uh, Gold Squadron soon. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll post it up on our page. Uh, I'm really upset <laughs> um, that this was my stream game because it was my sloppiest game of the yeah. whole day. Uh, like I, I, I mean, even uh, the game that I had lost against Julian, um, he couldn't stop uh, complimenting me about my swarm play because, um, you know, I, I, I keep the block as long as I can, but for the most part, it's when you're going up against another jousting list uh, because as soon as you go up against some shifty AC, things are going to be moving around kind of list. You uh, the the Swarm plays better when you you play your ships individually. Um, so each individual ship, obviously, you know, is placed in, in different positions. You have arcs pointing out in different uh, areas, so you have more coverage um, instead of just a block formation, which can very easily be arc dodged. Um, so Tim Dugan was flying uh, sort of a FO kind of swarmy list. Uh, Epsilon Squadron Cadet, Scorch, uh, two Zeta Squadron Survivors, and then Kylo Ren. Um, I say sloppy. I, I think my decision making was right in the sense that, I, I, like I said, playing a similar theme all day, uh, put the ace on edge, uh, knock him out of the fight either by killing it or just forcing him to point the arc in the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I played that pretty well. I, I think I had at least two turns where. Kylo was just pointing at the board edge and he was trying to maneuver his way back into the fight, uh, which gave me time to just kind of knock out some ships and then came down to one very crucial roll and um, I rolled the double natty evades uh, that needed <laughs> to not give up half damage. I think he would have, uh, if he had gotten that damage, he would have gone to final salvo. Um, I had the dice advantage, but obviously I didn't want, want it to get to that. So, um, so that was my uh, fifth win. Uh, so that uh, qualified me into the cut. Now, 
So here's where, you know, things got weird a little bit. You know what I mean? You're, you're starting to look at standings. You're starting to figure out where, where are you? Um, I think I was in third place at that stage um, as far as the Republic lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my MOV was nowhere close to the other guys. Uh, most likely they were playing, um, you know, Republic aces and stuff like that. So yeah. holding on to a lot of points uh, and all that. So um, I didn't feel good about my chances about getting a tray. Uh, so I said, all right, no problem. Um, you know, I'll play the seventh round and I'll just, I'll give it my, my, my best and figure out where, what happens in there. Played against another Sunfock Chertek Grievous list. So this was Mike Gem, I believe. Is yeah. Last name is pronounced. Yeah. Um, and, um, just get really bad, uh, results earlier on. I think I had a, a disabled power regulator. One of my V19 screwed up my formation, um, he got, he was really aggressive with Grievous, uh, and I didn't really see it coming that quickly. So what I ended up having to do was, uh, turn break hard towards him and try to knock him out. But I just, uh, I couldn't do it uh, fast enough. So he just laid out, I think he killed like three V19s, uh, in the first couple of rounds, hmm. uh, very, very fast. So the, the, the tractor beams, you know, so one of the best parts about the V19s is, you know, you're able to roll those two dice. So you're yeah. able to sometimes roll those clutch evades, uh, uh, you know, yep. uh, forbid damage. But once you get tractored, it's it's game over. You know, and he, those things are B-wings where they, uh, not B, not even B-wings, they're less than that. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're five whole ships. They just literally just fall apart. Yeah. Um, so he was able to knock out three. Uh, a lot of the arcs were gone. Uh, he pounced on Rick Olay, uh on an opportune uh, turn and just three shots is all it took. Completely killed him. Uh, so at that stage, I had a, I had Sinker and one more, uh, two more V19s. Actually, yeah. So yeah, two, one and a half, basically. One of them was practically dead. Uh, and all, all of this happened within 15 minutes. I mean, like it was, it was quick. Yeah. Um, so at this stage... You know, I was like, all right, I'm done. I, I was exhausted. I'm tired of playing. <laughs> so I just flew my ships off the board because I basically at that stage only gave up maybe half of uh, Grievous. If he ever gave me Grievous again, uh, which was not unlikely because he was playing for the tray, um, he was probably going to run away with Grievous and let Sunfock and, and Chertek do their thing. Um, I probably would have lost anyways at the same MOV that I already had. It just would have taken 75 minutes, you know, of him, you know, deciding, am I tractoring here? Am I tractoring there? Am I rotating my arc? Am I, you know what I mean? I, I just, I didn't really have the muscle, you know, the, the brain, you know, just yeah. to deal with that. It just like sit there and watch somebody else play X-Wing while I just waited to lose. Um, so I gave that up and uh, it looks like he got the tray. So uh, I was pretty happy about that because at least uh, I was able to, you know, make somebody else's day. So that was my (laughs) full day uh, 1A. um, And then I made the World's Cut. Uh, Played uh, Sam Sozonski, I'm going to pronounce that name in the first round. Uh, He was flying Suterfell with three Indar test pilots. Um, And... This was kind of a weird, weird game of, of dice variants. Uh, the early dice variants was in my favor. Um, I think I took out 
Um, he did take out one of my V19s, which was, it was going to happen. You know, he's shooting uh, at initiative three and um, he had a good range one engagement. And then I almost took out one of his uh, and then uh, finished it off in the second round. Um, and then after that, I just, my dice just got really, really cold, um, mainly due to efficiency. I lost a lot of efficiency, um, just doing K turns, bump bang and, and stuff like that. So, uh, wasn't getting a lot of modded shots. Uh, and then I, I forget what I lost in that match specifically, but I was down 70, I want to say 74 points with two rounds basically to go because there was like maybe 12, 12 minutes left in a round. So I'm like, I can, I can squeeze in two more rounds here. So this was two minute drill, throw two Hail Marys and win the game. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, the, the, the round, uh, the second to last round, I needed to, uh, kill one of the, uh, phantoms and I, I set up a kill box. Uh, killed the Phantom, 44 points. And then the very next round, there was only one situation that I was able to do, which was if he dialed in a too hard turn, I had to block it, uh, set up a V19 run behind him, and then do a three-speed maneuver with Rick Olay, but Rick Olay was gonna bump into my own ship, so I was not gonna get any uh, tokens but I went faster and I was a range one shot. So I was like, well, that's better than going the same, you know what I mean? I guess, I don't know, actually the math, I, I think it was, I was just looking at spike, you know, spiking as much damage yeah. as I need to get through. I need to do two damages to zoom tier uh, to win the game. And that's exactly what I set up. Uh, and that's exactly what he did. So had he done any maneuver other than the too hard, I would have lost. Um, but he dialed in the too hard, blocked it. He still got his focus. I rolled my dice with Rick. Um, and I was able to strip his focus token, followed up with the V19 right behind him, and then got the half damage um, on Suntir. And that was my uh, screaming and running down yeah. <laughs> the uh, arena. Florida man causes a scene. <laughs> could not believe it. Like, because yeah. I basically, I was, I, I think I... Two rounds before that, I texted my, my friends uh, in my chat and they're like, how are you doing? And I said, flaming out, uh, looks uh, looks like I'm done. Yeah. So it was like, I had mentally prepared yeah. that I was gonna lose. Yep. Um, but it, so it was obviously one of those situations where it was just incredible, like I, I couldn't believe it, uh, that it, it turned out the way it did. But you know, this goes to show you, you gotta, you gotta close out your games, you know what I mean? Yep. Just, you know, stay in it um, until- yeah, play through until it's done. And then the very last round, Dominic uh, Flanagan, uh, I think one of the British guys, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm terrible re in regards to um, Australian versus British accents. but Yeah, he's, yeah. he's from England. England? Team okay. Dominic. Team yeah, Dominic. Team Dominic. <laughs> oh, yeah, when I, when I first saw the name, I was like, oh, fuck me. And then I was like, oh, never mind. I read the last time. I was like, okay, good. <laughs> um so played against him, three um, Imperials, Aces, Duchess, uh, Suntier, and Vader. Um, this is one where it did hurt a little bit uh, to lose this because I think I flew really, really well. Um, so I set up uh, basically towards Duchess first mainly because she's uh, shifty and just easier to kill. 
Um, so I did put an early damage through. Um, I guessed, you know, and, and the whole thing with Dutch is, right, is that you never really guess where they're going because they get to decide afterwards. Yeah. And um, I, it probably ahead. bears mentioning that du this Duchess had afterburners. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's, she's particularly uh, hard to catch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very shifty. And I did, um, and that was kind of my goal a little bit early was to make sure that um, she burned those afterburners, um, which uh, definitely worked out. I, he had to use one uh, to get out of arc of all my ships. Now, now granted, I so a, a little bit of the strategy about flying sinker swarm is knowing exactly when you want to K turn. Um, so one of the decisions I made, I said, all right, well, I'm going to you know, set up my ships here and here. So I set up two ships pointing one direction, two ships pointing in the other, sinker rerolls. Um, and uh, basically what I had planned was there, he, she's going to get out of all the arcs using afterburners, all that stuff, get behind a formation, but not offensively, right? So facing away, so I'm not taking damage. And then the following turn, I turn everybody around and now I'm in an offensive position versus the other two ships as well, like Vader and, and Sutir, which were kind of set up uh, behind them. Uh, and I also, again, Rick Olay was there to um, soak up damage. He did soak up a, a really uh, rough shot from uh, Vader, range one, all the fixings. Um, and I took two shields somehow, uh, so that was lucky. Um, so I ended up uh, regenerating shields with uh, Rick turn my entire formation around and basically uh Suntir was trapped uh and basically Suntir was surrounded by five different arcs I knocked out a shield and had three hole left I set up a perfect block I set up all my arcs range there was a one range one shot two range two shots synchro rerolls all the fixings motherfucker gets out no damage <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, all right, well, it is what it is. But he gets unlucky two turns later. I, you know, uh, did a range one shot um, and ended up actually killing Sutir. So it made up for it. But it was very, very critical, obviously, because that I, I was still chasing Sutir because they were still in the corner. Um, so yeah. had Sutir died that one turn, now I'm turning towards, you know, Vader or turning towards Duchess. Yeah. Um, earning more points, and it, that's exactly what was the uh, the turning point there uh, that he had gone away with Suntir because it took me uh, two more rounds to kill him, and then chasing Duchess at one hole, two rounds of shooting. I think I shot at her maybe three times, uh, and just couldn't stick that one last damage through, and that would have won me the game. Mm -hmm. um, but he was able to. Uh, basically wipe out uh, one of my last, uh, one of my V19s uh, right at time and won by like seven points. Uh, so yeah. it was, it was that close, uh, uh, complete nail biter, but it was a great game. I mean, um, he flew as well as he could have. I think I had the matchup um, even though it was three aces, uh, mainly because I'd already gotten that, that practice. Like I said, the whole entire theme of the week was I I mean I flew against oh my god how many aces did I fly against one two three four five six seven out of nine of my matches were against aces 
um, which to me is usually, uh, me personally is usually very, very bad. Um, because I, I basically tend to, like I said, stick to that box formation too long. I don't spread my arcs around or I don't, I I don't, uh, 2.0 has taught me a lot about basically take the shots because even if it's not all of them, if you get two out of five shots or, or, you know, three out of five shots, it's worth a lot more than obviously your entire formation staring at nothing. Um, so I started to learn how to split uh, my swarm better and just basically find different avenues to, to always cons- consistently have shots mm-hmm. on target, um, which made my ace matchup so through the whole week uh, just so much easier. And I think Rick Olay was a big help on that. Yeah. Um, so Rick was uh, kept kept all the aces honest. Um, was always basically in a position where um, if they try to go out to sinker, and obviously that was the main thing too, right? You know, if you lose sinker, you lose all the efficiency. You lose yeah. um, a lot of your early that you can get, or those spike turns where you can just change the game. Um, Rick was just the, his only job was to protect sinker's flank. Um, and make sure nobody just got beside sinker and just take pot shots uh, from like range two um, and just kind of followed behind the, the formation. So uh, I think he was perfect at that. Um, and to, to have gone against seven, seven lists with, uh, uh, I think all of them but one had an initiative six in it. Uh, I think I did the best that I could have probably for the whole, yeah. for the whole tournament. So. Yep, well, that was my run. Top sixty four, man. That's uh, that's that's a great job right there. So yeah, yeah, and you know what, I, I am usually modest. I am usually modest, but this one felt really, really, really good. Um, especially because you know I, there there was one comment that was made. One of my friends was playing somebody, and they're talking about how I was, you know, good. And one of my friends was talking about how good I was. And the comment of the person made, and I'm not going to name them, said, oh, well, he's just above average, um, which, you know, maybe I am above average, but I made top 64 and they didn't. Yeah. So I don't know what that makes him, uh, but <laughs> it felt pretty good. So, yeah. I, you know, felt pretty good about that. Felt good. Felt good. All right, Dominic, you uh, as, as, our, as our resident uh, top finisher, uh, how was your How was your weekend in X Wing? What, what What happened? How did you uh, how, how did you feel about it? All right, I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll try not to be super long, but uh, basically, um, I guess I'll go through from the first the beginning of uh, day one B. So I I flew day one B not for any sort of strategic reason, but just because I had work and I couldn't day, take an extra day off of work. Yeah. Um, I worked on Thursday, <laughs> full day, and then I flew out to uh, to Worlds on Thursday evening. Uh, Monday morning, obviously, you know, nerves and all that. I wasn't really sure how I was going to do. You know, it's a Worlds field. Anything could happen. Um, I guess I should say what I was flying. Uh, I was flying Kova, Greer, Chess, and Finn. So kind of a resistance, resistance four-ship. But a little more toolboxy. I mean, a lot of the popular resistance warship lists have been, uh, you know, Jess with three C70s or uh, Jess Finn and Snap and Bastion. Um, 
those give a little bit more offensive output. Um, but I liked the uh, Koba Greer Jess Finn because all of them are a little bit harder to kill than a T70. Uh, and Koba and Greer specifically give you a little bit more movement flexibility against yeah. Aces and against Swarm. Um, so, you know, in prep, obviously prep for Nantexes, prep for Swarm, uh, you know, I kind of thought my worst matchup going in was probably Seer Swarm. Um, uh, out of all the swarms, just because it's so efficient and uh, and there's so many bodies to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so first round, uh, flew against a, a guy named Justin Baumgartner. Uh, Gartner, sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, flying, oh, I believe, uh, I think it was uh, OB, um, uh, and uh, two arcs, two generic 104th pilots, and then the fourth ship. Uh, was uh, the uh, I'm gonna have to look this up now. Uh, great, the uh, Jedi that um, flips down, hits, and uh, evades to focuses. Oh, uh, uh, Luminara. Me out here, Lumi. Yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, Lumi with uh, Chopper. So obviously, Chopper was the hot new tech. Yeah, and I think that this was uh, actually the list that Nathan Idy was playing. Okay, uh, yeah. If not exactly, then then the same general. Pretty effect. similar, yeah. Yeah, um, and I didn't know that at the time, uh, but I I felt it was a pretty good matchup. I. Um, hey, uh, sorry, we, you cut out for a second and came back in, Dom. So just um, oh. you, uh, you, you, I lost you when you said I felt it was a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I felt like it was a pretty good matchup, and uh, and it, it more or less worked out that way. There were some close moments, uh, but ultimately, you know, four ships on four ships. Uh, he, I think, he had sense in the list, and and between sense and chopper, like they just weren't as effective against, you know, more of an, uh, you know, I, I think against aces or something maybe more effective. But against mm-hmm. the four ship list, I was able to. Uh, to let him stop him from doing all the things he wanted to do, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, Obi, Obi in that list, Obi Wan. I think the big, the big thing is that in that list, Obi Wan and Luminar are both CLT. And yeah. uh, at the end of the day, you know, they weren't able to push enough damage through. So basically, I killed the arcs, and then uh, I was able to uh, to finish that from there. Um, so it felt pretty good. Want to know? Uh, ran up against Tony Schultz, uh, flying us. Uh, CIS, which I didn't want to see. So, uh, kind of a weird Chertek mini swarm swarm. So Chertek Grievous, the bomber that does the range one zero damage. So DS uh, four. Oh, yeah, four or four. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then three eleven, the handoff, the calculate, the and then calculate. Yeah. Yep. And then two droids with Discord missiles. Um, I'd never played against Discord missiles. I'd never played against Grievous. I'd never played against Chertek. I'd never played against 404. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I really didn't know what to expect. As it worked out, uh, the resistance list I was flying. So I fly with a one point, was flying with a one point bid uh-huh. against Sinker Swarm um, primarily and against the Mirror and stuff like that. Uh, but it actually worked out kind of well against these Chertek Swarms. I flew against two of them uh, in the course of the main tournament mm-hmm. uh, because. Basically, uh, they were both flying at 200, and Chertek, of course, is scary, but he's a f- initiative four. Yeah. And uh, Coven Greer are also initiative four, so I was able to give him the initiative, give him first player, and kind of fly around Chertek, 
with Kova and Greer. Um, you know, knew where his arc was pointed when Greer moved, knew yep. what he was able to do, where he was. And, uh, and with that knowledge, I was kind of able to, you know, just focus on killing the droids and then uh, save, you know, I basically just never shot at Shirtuck the entire game. Yeah. Um, and it worked out. Uh, and as it as it worked out, he never shot his Discord missiles, so I still don't know how those would have would have oh, yeah. <laughs> mattered. Those things are uh, pain. Those, uh, they're kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I, I played against two lists with with Discord missiles, and my opponents never shot them either time. So I, I don't yeah, know. I guess I just lucked into that one. Uh, and then the next game, so two now, feeling feeling good, feeling like hey, yeah, I, you know, this is this is going pretty well. Yep. Uh, I played against a guy named Louis. I don't remember his last name, and I apologize. Uh, he was flying four Jedi, so four CLT Jedi, and he could fit into the list OB, Sacy, Plo, and Mace. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all CLT. Yeah. So my first thought was, okay, you know, three, four CLT probably can't do enough damage, kind of like the the first list with Obi and uh, Lumi. Um, and that's more or less how it worked out. There were some scarier moments in this game. Um, but basically I was, you know, he, he made some mistakes, I think by his own admission, he put three of his Jedi in sort of this, a similar lane, uh, to chase Greer. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was able to, to get the targets that I wanted, um, and kill, uh, Mace who actually turned out to be in that list, the most expensive piece. Yeah. Uh, and be- after I killed Mace, I was up on points for the rest of the game. Um, there was, it was close. It came down, it ended up coming down to the last round. Um, but I was able to pull that one out. So, uh, at that point I was three, no, and, uh, and I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but then I got past, uh, matched up against Seer Swarm, which was the list I was the most afraid of seeing. Uh, and this was flown by Callum Brown, who's from, he's Scottish, but he's living in Oxford now. Um, great guy, great game, uh, really challenging. Uh, I felt like I had definitely had some chances to win it. Um, I, you know, I drew his, I, I brought gas clouds specifically against Seer Swarm. Mm-hmm. Obviously I don't want to give him rocks or yeah. debris, um, yep. but I can, you know, kind of draw him through the clouds if I put it in the right position. And I was able to do that. He wasn't able to get his maximum efficiency. Uh, Greer was able to get a really good flank. Um, although I just just missed taking a shot with Greer on the on the initial approach on the flank, uh, we had to call a judge. Um, but uh, it it was a close game to the end. Uh, I think there was one moment in this game uh, that was sort of my most uh, just forgetting how things worked moment where I totally yeah. forgot about the Seer Swarm ability, and uh, he was shooting at Kova behind a gas cloud at range three. Uh, and I rolled, you know, focus, uh, evade, evade, blank. Uh, so, and he'd rolled two hits. Uh, so I could have rolled the folk, the uh, blank into an evade with the gas cloud effect. Yeah. Uh, but I did not do that because <laughs> I assumed I was safe. And yeah. uh, he seer ability me crack. Sh- I mean, it's not crack shot, but he crack shotted me for uh, yeah for a damage there. I don't think that was the game, but it was, uh, you know, I, it was one of the contributing factors. Yeah. Um, so three and one after that i played robert myman uh which was kind of a mirror he was playing the same uh chassis uh so a t70 a uh, transport a transport pod and an a-wing uh but instead of jess uh he was running nian nian none 
Uh, now, the only reason I didn't run Neon in this list is just because I don't like playing that more AC kind of game. I just don't mm-hmm. think it suits me. Yeah. Um, but I was definitely scared of seeing the, the, the mirror type of list because obviously if he pulls off what he wants to do, uh, Nian can do a lot of damage and, and yeah. be around for a long time. Uh, but I knew my advantage was that Nian is, if I can catch him, it's easier to kill than Chess. Um, and luckily that is kind of what ended up happening. I wasn't able to kill Nian, but I was able to get half points on him uh, early on, and uh, and he had to run away and was basically didn't matter for the rest of the game. Uh, and because of that, I was able to close it out on points. Mm. Um, so four and one. Yep. Uh, and then I went against Kent Whitney, uh, who was playing Jendon, and this is a little bit of a ridiculous squad. Jendon. And the an Inquisitor, so so far so good. Yeah. Uh, but then Zertek, and you might be wondering who Zertek is. The the uh, he's the one who replaced Juno Eclipse. The I think right. The uh, tie advanced. Yes, he flips up damage cards if he spends a target lock. Oh, okay. Um, so not not the one who replaced Juno, Juno Eclipse. Um, yeah, different ability. But he is a tie advanced, and then he had another tie advanced, a Storm Squadron tie advanced. Uh, so basically the idea here was similar to the three Inquisitor Jedin list, but um, the TIE Advanced obviously TIE Advanced obviously love having a target lock already. Yeah. They can take they can take focus um, on the engage. Uh, they have FCS. And then the Inquisitor he had kitted out with Supernatural. Uh, which if you if you're familiar with that, uh, mm-hmm. the even the base Inquisitor with one force, if he uses Supernatural return, he can do a barrel or boost and then link it into a um, focus yeah and then if he's got a blue maneuver dialed in which it turns out the inquisitor has a lot of really good blue maneuvers and could <laughs> as it turns out one yeah. hard as it turns out especially uh, when sh- you get to do a booster barrel roll ahead of time <laughs> exactly uh shocking uh he can do a hard one or whatever and then he clears that stress from the supernatural and he still gets his regular action mm. um so you're talking about basically three action you know, focus, evade, three action, uh, Inquisitor. Yeah. And then the, the, the final piece of the puzzle was that he had a Vader crew on Jendon because of his extra points in the build, and he had um, uh, Director Krennic on Jendon. Mm-hmm. And he put the optimized prototype on the Inquisitor. So the idea is, Inquisitor's yeah. really hard to kill, uh, but he's able to, you know, plank shields off of, of anyone. And so that he was able to line him mm-hmm. up against Greer, uh, which I probably should have been able to avoid, but I, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And that's and also that was, given him two things that can flip damage cards, right? So. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he's he's doing that whole thing, and obviously he's giving you crits and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like seeing Vader Crew's rough. Obviously, Finn doesn't oh, yeah. like Vader Crew. I mean, no one likes Vader Crew, but, you know. Um, and so, and honestly, this was probably my most poorly flown match. It was a bad matchup, and then I also didn't particularly engage it particularly well. Um, I wasn't really, I guess, thinking enough about the fact that as his list was entirely all three I threes, four I threes, mm-hmm. he could uh, initiative kill Finn really easily. Yeah, um, kind of left Finn out to hanging out to dry, and then <laughs> I tried to get cute and pull an AC play the next turn. I had Greer coming out where I could have just focused and boosted away from Jendon and taken a range two shot instead of range one. Uh, but instead, I tried to barrel so I could boost out of his arc. Um, mm. But I 
could not was not even close to clearing the barrel roll into Jen. <laughs> uh, so I was just sitting there in front of Jen in range one without a focus token and got killed. Uh, so this one snowballed out of control pretty quickly, uh, and I ended up taking a loss there. So unlike Carlos, I was heading into round seven uh, of day one B with no guarantee that I was going to make it through. Yeah, yeah um, got to play it in. I had a play in. I had an elimination map, you know, round uh, right there at the end of day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, only one. Uh, and I think you saw most of this game, Steven. Uh, yeah. I played against a guy named Mark. I didn't get his last name. And he was running Supernatural Kylo, Quick Draw, and Revis. Mm-hmm. Um, Revis is the Thai uh, FO that gets the target lock whenever an enemy ship at range 0 to 2 takes, I believe, a red or, or orange token. Mm-hmm. Uh, something like that, yeah. that something like that so basically if you target lock or if you take a stress you know if he's target locked or your 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 ship is target locked or it takes a stress he can take the lock on it um and so i knew this was gonna be a tough matchup uh i didn't feel great about it being my final matchup supernatural kylo is obviously really really hard to catch all my yeah. ships are below i5 um and uh but I played the opening pretty well, and I ended up trading uh, Finn, just Finn, for Quick Draw and Rebus. Um, Kylo wasn't really able to do anything useful. I kind of scared him off. And so I felt pretty good. I had three full ships. Kova, who has some you know ability to kind of keep her arc wide and prevent Kylo from getting around. And Greer, who also has some reposition and, and a lot of arc possibilities. And then Jess, um, who can punch damage through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I'll give props to Mark. He played it really well. Uh, Supernatural Kylo, obviously, he's had a lot of experience with it. Uh, he was able to kill, kill Greer. Um, I was ultimately able to get half points on Kylo uh, and and play against Kylo at half points with uh, with uh, Jess and Kova. Mm-hmm. But if I lost either Jess or Kova, or I took half points on both, I was going to lose on points at the end of the game. Yeah. And this game was going by really quickly, not in the sense of time, in the sense of on the board. Like the time, rounds, yeah. Yeah, no, we, we by the time, you know, I, I I killed his ships really quickly. So by the time I had killed, traded Finn for, for all of his lists except Kylo, there were still 40 minutes left in the game. Yeah, or there was a lot more. of time left. Um, and so it was just... You know, we were setting dials really quickly. I was setting dials quickly. He was setting dials quickly. Um, we both knew what the situation was. Yeah. I knew that I couldn't, you know, obviously I can't run. I'm up on points, but I can't run away from Supernatural Kylo for 40 yeah. minutes. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, he was able to, he made a couple of calls to come in. Uh, and, you know, I we traded. So I took half points on Kylo, but he ultimately killed Kova, Greer and Kova. So at the end, I was finally left with full health chess uh, against uh, Kylo. Unfortunately, of course, uh, half Kylo, Supernatural Kylo with the bid, is worth more than full chess. Yeah. Uh, so I was down, and I had to kill Kylo. And at this point, kind of like Carlos in his game, uh, uh, first game of the cut, or, whatever, or which, whichever game it was, uh, I resigned myself to the fact that I was. this was it. Like, I was yeah. not going to make the cut. Yeah, Supernatural Kylo, terrible mashup. You know, I this was there's no way there's six gas clouds on the map. Yeah. There's 15 minutes left in the game, but it doesn't matter. Like Jess is never gonna catch Kylo. Yeah. Uh, and and so I fruitlessly flew around the map for about 10 minutes trying to catch Kylo with Jess, taking random range three obstructed through a gas cloud at shots at Kylo and not yeah. even getting close to damaging him. Um, and Kylo had two damage, two health, two hole left. 
and then uh, managed to pick up a, a target lock. And Kylo runs away as usual, just does a talon roll, and Kylo, you know, five straights, you know, barrels and five straights out. But right before I was about to take my shot, I literally put my range, was starting to pull my range ruler down to check the shot. He interrupts me from doing that. And instead of taking a, because I'd forgotten that Kylo hadn't taken an action. Yeah. And instead of taking a focus action behind a gas cloud of range three, yeah. he decides that he wants to boost right to get set up better for next turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, he does this and, uh, and I put, I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be out of arc now, just, I think he partially did because maybe he thought he would be out of arc of just entirely. Yeah. Um, and it was close. And I put down the range ruler and not only is Jess have Kylo in arc, it's now unobstructed. Yeah. He's just boosted <laughs> to where he's exactly between two gas clouds. Uh-huh. Not one, but two gas clouds. Yeah. And I have the, about the one centimeter spot where it's an unobstructed shot on Kylo. Uh, so, I mean, still long odds. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he literally had to do this boost. Like you were saying, Carlos, he had to do the too hard with Suntier. He literally had to do this boost, and it was still like, you know, 10 to 1 or, you know, 8 to eight to 1 odds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Jess gets her three hits with the target lock, and uh, Kylo needing to get two paint or at least one, one of eight and, and one other paint because uh, he had one force at this point in time. Uh, rolls blank, blank, blank focus, and uh, and by a miracle when I, I get into the cut. Yeah. So I, you know, I popped off a little bit. I felt a little bad. I was, you know, giving high fives and hugs and... Oh, well, it was, and, you know, it was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a nuts. Kind of yeah. nuts. Um, but it felt great. Um, and then the next day, uh, uh, one funny thing that kind of happened was in the cut, uh, the first round of the cut, get there, feeling great. Got pairings up, get set up early, go to my table, table 12. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a little sign that says table 12 X-Wing on the mat nearby where I am. And I yeah. set up and my opponent comes over. And then before we start the round, we're kind of noticing there's no one else near us who's playing X-Wing. Yeah. Um, and Judge comes over and says, has anyone checked you guys in yet? And we're like, eh, no. He's like, yeah, you, you guys are playing in the, the, the spot where we're going to have Epic later today. And we're like, uh, we're playing in the <laughs> cut for X-Wing yeah. Worlds. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna have to move. Your table's just you know way over there across the auditorium." <laughs> uh, and he was kind of pissed at us, and we were like, oh, "Okay." And uh, but we didn't really want it. Like we we literally already set up. We'd set up our decks. We'd set up asteroids. We'd set all our cards out yeah, on the mat. Yeah. We'd set our ships up on the mat. You know, yep. we were literally our dials were set. We were literally sitting sitting there, you know, ready for the timer to go off. And uh, and so he suggested, uh, my opponent uh, Matthew Lee suggested, uh, you know, let's just let's not set everything back up again it's stupid let's just carry our board over there so we pick up the mat on top of you know the little uh boards yeah, that they the, had the, the mat plastic, setup. yeah the plastic yeah, kind of thing cor- or corrugated whatever. thing whatever yeah. it is and we like scoot and these are really long tables so we have to like scoot with him on one side of the table and me on the other side of the table <laughs> down this whole length of the table uh and and you know and of course it's worlds so there's like people walking everywhere and yeah. you know stuff and so we're like yelling at people to get out of the way and like and everyone's already set up like they're waiting basically to start the round and everyone yeah. is, is set up there for the cut of of worlds and we're walking by with like our whole game on this <laughs> on this board already Jesus. set up and someone is like so I was like, of course it's a, fl- look at those guys. Like, of yeah. course it's a Florida man because I'm wearing the Florida <laughs> man t-shirt. And, uh, and the judge, 
the judge kind of runs up to me. He's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, this is, the, you know, he didn't say anything else, but he was just clearly like, you know, couldn't believe what we were doing. Yeah. And I was like, it's okay, man. We're just moving our, you know, we're it's moving our stuff board, over man. there. It's we're fine. Just, you know, we're fine. And he's like, well, you know, you're, you're going to have to move that other mat. You know, like you're going to be able to put it on top of the other mat. I was like, it's fine, man. We'll just move the Don't other mat over it. there yeah. and we'll, we'll figure it out. It's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was fine. I mean, I yelled at someone to move the mat out of the way and we just put it down and I took it back and yeah, it was fine. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah. And then I won that match. So that, that was against another SureTech Swarm. Chertek, uh, a little more optimized Seer Swarm with Chertek. So, you know, when mm -hmm. you basically take a Seer Swarm and drop two of the Vultures to put Chertek in. Yeah. Um, and I was really scared about that matchup too. It's but the similar thing. You can drop two of those things and put in Chertek. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crazy thing to me. Chertek is was, so fucking cheap. Yeah. It was one of the. Well, and especially, yeah, because Ensnare is cheaper on them too, right? You know, yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the double. Yeah, the whole thing's cheaper. Um, and I was. I was really worried about this matchup. I hadn't got a chance to practice against it. Um, but it kind of the same thing played out as had happened with the Chertek matchup in the first day, which was that because this Chertek was running at 200, uh, I was able to move after him with Greer and Kova, and that made a lot of difference. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had some good dice, and, and it was a good game, but, uh, but I ended up cleaning it up pretty easily um, in the end. Uh, then we went on, so I was in top 64, uh, and I played against uh, Mishari Alfaris, who I believe is from Kuwait. Um, I, uh, I've i heard really good things about him. I think he was a little bit tired. So he was playing Soontir, two Inquisitors, and Jendon. So it's very similar to list, the list I lost to, in, one of the lists I lost to in day one. Um, you know, Jendon, obviously, two Inquisitors, but then Soontir is the third piece. Um, and so I was also very worried about this matchup. Uh, but he ended up giving me his two Inquisitors and Jendon down the same lane. Mm -hmm. uh, so I knew I wanted to go for Jendon, uh, and ultimately I didn't have to make a decision. I was able to kind of put my whole squad, you know, at Jendon and the two Inquisitors. Um, and he came in really hard with Suntir. Now, this is a targeting computer with Jendon and outmaneuver Suntir. So mm -hmm. very, very aggressive Suntir. Yeah. Um, and in the main round of the engagement, he comes up right into Jess's side, range one. Uh, rolls focus just as four hole left rolls focus uh, hit hit crit decides to spend the focus mm -hmm. uh, Jess outmaneuvered rolls blanket to a blank with the pilot ability and dies yeah um, so at that point I thought oh this is this is not going well I you know not I'm gonna lose but this is really this is yeah, tough level. yeah but then on that very same turn because he'd spent the focus Koba had a range two shot and uh, rolled two, you know, rolled three paint, got 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 three hits with the focus, and Suntir rolls uh, blank blank fo uh, focus and dies. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so in one round of combat, I killed Suntir, Jendon, uh, and half of an Inquisitor. Oh wow! Uh, and so so that was pretty much the game. Uh, you know, we played it out for formality's sake, but uh, but yeah, it was uh, that was the swing. Mm -hmm. Um. And then my very last round, so I was in the top 32, better than I expected. Um, and then my very last round was against a guy named Justin Gearing, uh, who I believe this was his, props to him, this was his first major tournament that he'd ever been to. Ever. Oh, been wow. To. Um, and, you know, he, he went on to be a top, uh, top 16, I believe. Yep. Um, and he was flying three regen republics. So Obi, Plo, and Rick. Obi and Plo are 7B. All three have R2 Astromech. Obi, Plo, and Rick. Um, and I was worried about this just from the regen perspective, but 
I had played against Aces a lot before, and I felt pretty good about it. Um, in retrospect, I probably made two big mistakes. One is he played it very, very conservatively on the beginning, uh, you know, on the opening, uh, just general sort of positioning for an engagement and, and setup. And in retrospect, I probably should have completely completely waited for him to send someone through the, the obstacles. Mm -hmm. But I kind of I engaged on him at one point, and he had played patiently enough that I was sort of engaging on him through the obstacles yeah, yeah. the other way around. Um, I also put Greer in a little bit closer than I should have. Um, and so Greer and the opening engagement ended up range one of both of his uh, Jedi, uh, who were able to kill him on perfect damage when I didn't spend a focus that I could have on the first shot to save his life. So yeah. just mistakes, making mistakes. Yeah. And, uh, so I felt bad about that, uh, but then I was able to get to kind of keep Plo in my arcs the next round, and I was able to get Plo down to two health. Finn had the last shot. Finn rolled, uh, you know, his four hits that he, that he needed. Uh, now Plo was range one behind an, a gas cloud, so he had to get all three evades. He had zero force, uh, so he could either roll three natty evades or two evades and one blank to live, um, and he rolled two evades and one blank. Um, and so Plo lives on one health, and of course, as we know with Regen Jedi, that means he's never going to die ever yeah. again in yeah. the whole round. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty much the game. Uh, you know, I gave him my best shot after that, but I wasn't able to not being able to kill Plo and, and kind of engaging on him on his terms. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really able to come back from that. So, so yeah, that was it. That top was the uh, top thirty-two. That was a hell of a run, man. We had uh, I, I I had a great time watching just you know like like I said I was kind of floating back and forth between your and Carlos's games and um you know obviously I watched all of that last one but the uh, and then watching your games on even your games on Friday after I after I scrubbed out so um yeah it was just great job by both of you making the cut representing for Florida on day two which was which was awesome and. I do also want to point out that you were the last southeastern player in the cut. You may you are the you best southeastern. You, so this so, is probably yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. So yeah, this is probably the appropriate point uh, time to point out that uh, the Barons, who already came out with their world's recap uh, podcast, made a point to call out. Uh, you know, obviously, props to him. Um, uh, Andrew Knuckles. Andrew Knuckles went top 64, and he made a point to call out Carlos going top 64 and Sam Talley uh, from Atlanta Hawks going top 64 to point out that they were three of the best Southeastern players, uh, but failed to mention the uh, best finishing Southeastern yeah. players. So yeah. There you go. So there you go. Do right, Dominic. Uh, Do yep. Dominic DiCarlo, the top uh, Southeast player at Worlds, top 32. Only one to make it that far. So. so, so what did we learn about Florida? Uh, what what you need to be able to finish uh, well in the top cut of worlds? You got to have at least Carlo in your name. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, De of Car course. To Carlo, son of Carlo. Yeah, son of Carlos. Son of Carlos. <laughs> son of Carlos. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was a. Uh, it was a heck of a run for for both of you guys. Just, I mean, even just making the cut at all is fantastic, you know. And plus, you guys won the playing games, and then obviously Dominic, you made it top thirty-two. So, I mean, one more one more round, and you would have been in the the rarefied top sixteen era, right? So, um, I, I I do gotta say, I I do think the confidence level. Um, was a lot better going into this uh, just from going five and two at Gen Con. 
Yeah. Uh, so, you know, having, having, you know, basically last minute, just joined in. And just basically what I wanted to do, uh, what I really wanted to prove to myself was, um, can break all a sink or swarm hold up, you know, at, at this kind of level, you know, large level tournament. Cause I, you know, when I flew it at the hyperspace trial, you know, that was the first, what, few days that the Naboo fighter had come out. No, oh, it was the, it was that weekend that it came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I flew it then I was like, all right, you know, this ship looks pretty good, whatever, you know, and I feel like I caught a lot of people by surprise because Brick Olay just basically didn't do shit but run away um, yeah. for the entire tournament. Um, but, you know, I started to use them a lot more aggressively. And I, I think that's really what, um, you know, changed things around. Uh, being able to go to Gen Con and, and do that there uh, first and just kind of use it as a test and run. Yeah. You go, you know what? This list this can do well um, at, at this high level. And, you know, obviously, you know, it wasn't me. I tried <laughs> at Gen Con, but um, oh, uh, Andrew Knuckles uh, put it on put put it on the map. Yeah, um, you know by making the cut and all that stuff. So uh, he obviously proved to me that not only was it you know good for me at least because the the one philosophy I've I've seen now so far with two is that. Um, play the list that you're strongest with and yeah. ignore the meta to a certain extent yeah uh, because the matchup uh, luck uh, these days is just oh, is yeah. so broad uh, that if yeah. you end up trying to like oh well I'm gonna fly this because this is you know the meta winning list is just not yeah get get your reps in with what you know um, and, I, and I think you'll do well yeah I I you know obviously disappointed to not go further the main reason being because uh you know travis with two top 16 worlds uh <laughs> finishes still unequivocally uh the, the uh has the bragging rights yeah right um, <laughs> the best but one, uh okay. damn it travis uh but uh the other reason was because uh the other reason i was happy with the finish was because um i you know i love flying resistance and i just kind of flew what i loved um and you know it was nice to feel like you know, I'm the only. I was the only person who had flown this particular list of ships, uh, you know, first, um, and you know, being able to show, hey, this is the best. This is the best finish of any four ship resistance list at Worlds. Mm -hmm. You know, now total props to Kalen, um, you know, and the other uh, resistance players who, you know, five A uh, Bartos. Yeah, Bartos. Yeah. Who uh, who who went who went a lot further, um, but you know, as far as four ship resistance list, uh, it did pretty well actually. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I think uh, that that's kind of our world's recap. Um, is there any uh, any other shout outs, uh, any, anything like that you guys want want to give before we close it up tonight? Don Ellis. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, really, just one. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys, great Florida man, loved being part of the crew. Uh, one of the I you know I would constantly get at every table I walked up to was because I was wearing Florida man shirt. Yeah, days, it was. Oh, you're on the podcast. And I was like, well, I'm glad you know about the podcast, but no, I am not on the podcast. I don't think they quite got the concept of like every Florida man is a Florida man. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, that was amazing. And I loved hanging out with you guys. Um, the other shout out would be to my guys back in Tampa. None of them could make it. Lightning Squadron. Uh, but they all did a great job prepping with me and, uh, you know, introducing me to the game. So, yep. 
And now you can tell everybody you've been on the podcast, so it's fine. Woo! There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, Carlos, any, anybody you want to hit up before we finish? Yeah, obviously everybody uh, that was in the room and, and we, we spent the whole week with, you know, Gil, uh, Marcus, Travis, um, you know, just had a, a total blast, uh, lots of laughs. Um, OCX, obviously we hung out with them, uh, Mark Tippett, uh, that was, he was, it was a blast finally meeting yeah. him in person. Yeah. Um, and then, um, obviously Ryan and, uh, coach. Uh, so that was uh, good to see him again. Um, the 186 squadron for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Grats mm-hmm. to them. You know, grats to uh, Ali. And I, I've played Ali and I've known of Ali uh, for a while uh, on Vassal. I know that a lot of people um, don't really want to, for some reason, uh, just jump on that platform. But I definitely recommend it um, because. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, he, (laughs) he wouldn't be nearly as good as he is, um, you know, as he was and uh, how well he did, uh, Mm -hmm. without having all that extra practice and and being able to also, you know, um, have an easy platform to be able to get, 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 you know, a lot of the, um, theory crafting and, and all that stuff done and, and being yeah. able to play also high caliber players uh, too because obviously you play your local communities and um, you know you you do well there but um, once you start going into the international stage and playing these world-class uh, uh, players it, it really steps up your game so yeah uh, definitely check it out so I, I definitely would uh, download Vassal and and try to get a couple of games on with the uh, world champion because uh, yeah. he's on there pretty much a uh, weekly basis. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I want to say also, you know, uh, as you have heard by now, because you already heard the Florida man news segment, it was, uh, it was hosted this week by Mr. Oliver Pocknell. Um, so a uh, shout out to him and all the people coming up down the line that, that, you know, you'll recognize the name, a lot of the names of the people who are doing, do, who did that for us. Um, but we found him walking by himself on Sunday night down the street, and uh, we were we were right outside one of the bars in in uh, downtown St. Paul, and uh, we see Ollie walking. Down, me and Dominic see Ollie walking down the street with a box in his hand, which he I, I guess he had just gone and got his trophy, his world's trophy, boxed up so he could get it home. <laughs> And uh, we see him, and we stop him and talk to him and stuff. And he he agreed to come in and record that for us. And um, that was uh, uh, really nice of him, really fantastic. He was super nice guy, super willing to talk to people and and yeah. um, give of himself and his time. Uh, I know he had a lot of people, obviously, wanting to talk to him and congratulate him and stuff. So uh, big thanks to him for that, and um, big thanks to just everybody we met and talked to and ran into. Honestly, I've got too many people to even possibly come up with right now but um uh you know definitely uh Arnar and uh and all the guys from iceland and um i think alessandro from uh italy who is the system open champ that um you know i made friends with and talked with him for a bit uh so just uh just so there were so many people i, I can't even uh tim from uh australia tim horsbro um yes yeah just a bunch of guys uh that you know uh, that we just got to hang out with and and have a good time with and 
it was uh really was a truly fantastic event and um you know definitely suggest trying to make it out if you ever can even if you're just gonna play the lcq like it, it, if you didn't get a ticket and and whatever and you just want to go and you can get into and if you can get into the lcq i mean it doesn't it's like it doesn't even matter how you do it's um just go and play and have fun and and, and experience it and um meet everybody because that's that's really what it's all about because there's only one at the end of the day there's only one winner and there's you know probably six seven hundred people total that showed up to attempt to play either through the lcq or in the actual tournament so um you know don't worry about the results and worry you know it's 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 just a great event to go to and um i think experience what the x-wing community uh really has to offer so um all right on that note you guys ready for a uh uh, we did a lot of these over the weekend, by the way. We a lot of people Ooh. came up to us wanting to, wanting to do the uh, the do do the old Florida man cheer. So dials down. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up.